Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to What Happened to You. Before we begin today's episode, I want to share a review that came in from S. Hunter 2022 titled Amazing Show with a Great Message. This show makes complex issues destigmatized, often through the lens of comedy. One of my favorite podcasts. Appreciate all of the brave guests who have come on and shared their stories. Keep up the great work, my dude. Thank you, S. Hunter or Shunter 2022, for this lovely review. And if you haven't already, head over to Spotify and Apple Podcasts and leave a review of the podcast. Reviews help a lot with the algorithms and allow more people to discover the podcast. So thank you to everyone who's left reviews and to everyone who is leaving a review currently. What's up, guys? Um, nothing. nothing much. Well, it's great to finally see you guys and meet you both. Yeah, you too. So, uh, how are you feeling about this? We're feeling good, yeah. I'm feeling pretty good. I mean, you know, I've been listening to your podcast like since so long. 2019. Yeah. So, I mean, it feels like I've been chatting, chatting to you for a while. So. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for listening. I'm glad. So, I, I think in your original message, you said you found it through TikTok? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Just on that. my for you page, I was like, oh. What was on your for you page? Which video? Do you remember? It was like you know, like one of your first first like TikTok videos, and it was just, I don't exactly remember, but it was just like, oh, you know, I'm starting this podcast about like I don't know, getting molested. So and yeah. I was like, yeah, that sounds like the podcast for me. So and you were so, like, it wasn't. Like the TikTok, you weren't like, oh, you know, I talk about my story. It's so sad. It was just, you know, upbeat. And I was just like, yeah, sounds great, you know? Oh. So, well, I'm so glad that it pop, popped up on your For You page. It's fun. TikTok's crazy like that. Like, it's I know. the app just decides what you see. And we're like, great. I'm, I'm down to watch it. And somehow it knows what we like. And I don't know how it knew that you got molested too, but great job. <laughs> great job. <laughs> I know. Seriously. Okay. Well, do you guys have any questions at all before we jump into it? Uh, I don't think so. No, I think we're Sweet. good. Sweet. All right. Well, let's do it. I'm so glad that you guys are here. I can feel the good energy already <laughs> through the screen. It's going to be a great time. Cameron and Madison, thank you both so much for being here. What yeah, happened to you yeah. two? So, um, I guess we'll just like give it like a little little preface and then we'll kind of go into it. We didn't really know how to start. We were like, oof. But um, <laughs> so... We were both sexually assaulted, well, molested when we were younger um, by the same person. Um, we kind of had like this perfect storm situation of like our mom being addicted to drugs and her like being really alienating of our family. And then, you know, like marrying this like piece of shit guy that ended up molesting us. So, yeah, Karen's <laughs> going to talk first about uh, her experience. Got it. So, like, I try not to, like, invalidate my situation, but it only, like, really occurred, like, the molestation, like, once. But he did a bunch, like, of other creepy stuff that I'll talk about, like, after this. But the one time it did happen, we had a bed, like, in our living room. Hella classy. I don't know why. Like, I don't know if they had a different bed in their room or what, what exactly happened, but bed in the living room. And I remember 
we're watching a movie but we're gonna like we're sleeping there we're gonna sleep together just me and my stepdad I don't know where we have two younger brothers I don't know where they or Maddie were maybe just in their room maybe with our biological dad (laughs) I'm not exactly sure I also remember like all of this like not as a consecutive like chain of events but as like just little memories that like pop up because sometimes that's how trauma works you know don't really have the best memory (laughs) absolutely but so I remember you know whatever I'm wearing sweatpants and he's like might get a little hot might get a little hot so when you go put on some shorts like yeah okay so put on some shorts come back and I I guessing I we felt or I fell asleep and then I kind of woke up but not like waking up like I'm opening my eyes I'm like you know, but just like I'm, I'm awake, but I'm like, you know, my eyes are still closed. Yeah. But I feel a hand on my leg, and obviously, like I open my eyes a little, take a little peek. Okay, I know it's him, <laughs> and it's like it feels like a long time, like in between the advances. But I maybe yeah. it was only like a minute or a couple seconds, or I'm not really sure, but it feels like it was a long time. Yeah. But so eventually goes to outside of my shorts, outside of my underwear, eventually in my underwear with his hand. And so that goes on for, uh, I'm not sure, <laughs> kind of a couple minutes. I'm not sure. Well, time totally <laughs> warps. It's like you have no concept, nor do you, nor are you like wanting to be like, okay, one, two, like yeah, there's no, right. yeah. it's not how our brains are. We're just like, wow, I don't even know. I might be dreaming, you know, it's like very hard to know what's going on. So yeah, I get sure. the time warp completely. Absolutely. And I was definitely present like during the whole time, like a lot of, or like not a lot, but some people say like, they just try to like disassociate, think of something else, but I was pretty present. And I remember like when he first had his hand on my leg, I remember thinking like, this is an adult that I trust, like a man. And you know, like I'm supposed to be attracted to men. And so maybe you know maybe this is just supposed to happen i remember thinking like maybe maybe i want to kiss him maybe maybe that's okay maybe that's Mm -hmm. okay but then obviously that didn't happen and then when it started advancing that's when i was like this might be fucking like i don't like i don't know if this is wrong like oh my gosh like this is really bad but i'm just like this is weird this is weird like i don't did you say when he started dancing advancing oh advancing Advancing. (laughs) sorry about that yeah that was weird we started just doing a jig but yeah the natural post-molestation dance yeah sure oh my bad heard you wrong (laughs) sorry about that no 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 problem wait how old are you you didn't say oh i was probably i'd like or i'm not exactly sure but probably around eight seven or eight seven or eight that's what i'd say And so that happened. And then I'm not exactly sure like how the next chain of events happened, but it was the same night. In in that night, like, I don't like, uh, okay. So hard. So at some point of the night, like before we started watching the movie, I mean, no. Maybe before you started watching the movie. Who knows? I don't remember anything that was going on other than the thing that happened, for sure. We made, like, M&M cookies. 
Oh, nice. Yeah, dude. So, so yeah, I did get some M&M cookies out of that. that cool. And I remember that like so vividly. Like it's so weird. I don't remember the day, like what I did yeah. before that, like the whole rest, like, but I it's remember so we made yeah M&M cookies, man. Like it's sometimes? weird the things you remember and the things that you don't, you know, like sometimes yeah. we're like talking about like a memory or something. And like, she says something and I'm like, oh yeah, I remember this. She's like, how the heck did you remember that out of all the stuff that was going on at that time? You know, like just random little things that make no sense. It's so bizarre. I wonder if it's like our brain trying to latch on to anything else. It's like, oh, you know, the M&M cookies would be way more chill to remember than (laughs) your stepdad molesting you. That would be (laughs) like so much better if that's what your brain remembered. So maybe it's a defense mechanism. I don't know. Or maybe they were just good cookies. I know. I I don't, like, the weird part is I don't remember eating them. I just remember, like, rolling the dough, putting them in the oven. So Mm -hmm. weird. Yeah. So weird. But then I'm also the same night, he also, like, took my hand, made me not, like, to completion, but just a little, just a little, you know. (laughs) I don't like just a little bit of, uh, yeah, he made me do it to him. Yeah. But yeah, and then there was just like a bunch of just like weird things that he did. Like one time I was just taking a shower, taking a shower, and our the shower like window faced to the backyard. And I'm taking a shower, reach up for some shampoo, there's his face. Oh I'm my like, god. Oh my god. So I look away and then I like look back and I like look peek over the window. He's just walking back to the house. I'm like Oh my god! What the, I'm like, oh my god! What the? I told. What? I remember that happening too. Yeah, yeah, it only happened, or I only remember it happening once. But I was yeah. just like, I also remember you like super weird. like paranoid, like always looking out the window. Then like, not anyone can look. You know, like you just think about like, could anyone? Is everyone just gonna look in here now? Oh yeah, I mean, you start feeling you all of a sudden. It's like anything's. You're just walking around on eggshells, just sort of like where you know. Sure. I I totally get that. And is this before or after? the molestation after gotcha i think i feel like he just went like balls to the walls first and then like kind of like yeah interesting <laughs> reverse. He, like, he, like, <laughs> he escalated it was re- <laughs> but um yeah. also so oh yeah i forgot to say this so i i don't remember when this happened but i remember at one point me being like okay like this is not like okay anymore and i was just like Oh, I'm really cold. And I like, we had a separate blanket on the bed. And so I just wrapped up in my own blanket and went to the edge of the bed, mm-hmm. like the edge, not the end, like the other yeah. side. And he was just like, Oh, well, if you're cold, like, <laughs> and I just didn't say anything and just like shut my eyes, just went, like, went to bed. Like, and maybe that's why he, like, maybe didn't try again after that because he was like, Oh, she like pulled away, but who knows? But also, so yeah, shower in the face or seeing his face in the shower. <laughs> that was weird. Yeah. Um, one time, like, so I got I got like soap in my eyes in the shower. And I was in fourth grade. And I don't know like how he knew that. Like I don't think I was making a lot of noise or like like oh, screaming like, oh my my eyes God, right like there's soap in my eyes. Like I don't think I was doing that. But somehow he came like he came in and I was like trying to get a towel and he like not forcefully like, <laughs> but he was just yeah. like, oh, like get back in the shower. So whatever, got in the shower, helping me wash my eyes out. And like, 
there was no more soap in my eyes and he was still like trying to wash my soap out and he was just like oh like you're so beautiful like nothing like he didn't like touch any like of my private parts or anything but he was just like way longer than like there's no soap in my eyes anymore and you're in the right. fourth grade like i think you can watch yeah yeah like it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't horrible so yeah yeah and just like different like things of like um like you like sit on the couch like in basketball shorts oh i can see his genitals like yeah. with no underwear and i can see his whole area and i'm just like oh my god dude like does he realize that but obviously yeah now, like, yeah, that was probably, you know, a little grooming situation going Definitely. on. And also one time in the shower. So I don't know why I looked out of the shower curtain. Oh, fo- phone under the door, like with the ca- like the back camera, like, and I'm like, what the heck? I'm like, oh my God. like, of course, in my head, I'm like, okay, I know who this is. Like, I didn't see him, wasn't, but I'm like, it's his phone, like. Come on. Yeah. Who else is yeah. doing this weird crap? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's not Maddie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So And is this like um what was your thought process if you remember? Do you remember what you were thinking like after the molestation happened? Like after you went to bed that night and sort of woke up the next day? Do you remember what you were thinking at all? I don't. I don't remember like I only remember like that, like the making M M&M M cookies and then those like two things. Mm-hmm. But I don't remember, like, morning after. I do remember, like, because our mom worked at a casino. And she came home, like, early in the morning. She, like, worked at night as a car dealer for, like, a little bit. Like, like she couldn't keep a steady job. Like, maybe a month or two. But she came home, like, super, like, early. And I, and I remember, like, waking up. But not, like, getting up. Just opening my eyes, like, seeing that she was home. And then fell back asleep. But I don't remember morning after, week after. And I yeah. think I just tried just not thinking about it. Like, I was just For like, sure. that's over. Like, yeah, I always wonder. The reason I ask is just because I also have no recollection of what I was thinking or any sort of I, I think it was just like, you know, let's pretend this never happened and move on. And it seems to be a pretty consistent reaction that <laughs> yeah. people have to these things. Right. Yeah. You're definitely not trying to remember. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah. And then just another weird thing. I also remember like we were young, like Yeah. Young. And like we take shots with him. Yeah. Shots yeah. of alcohol. Like not, yeah. not not like like shots on shots, but like just oh like take this one shot. Like Yeah. Okay. A lot Whoa. of underage drinking for sure. Yeah. Right. Especially for me, I feel and, like because I was like a little bit older near the end. And I was like I like wrote out some notes for this because it's pretty buried like in my mind <laughs> I don't think about it every day yeah. like it's not like of something course. that really you know so I like had to like dig those up and then I realized that he did we were taking yeah. shots and we were like you're like nine years old yeah, yeah. I was like dang I was like that's crazy yeah. that's just crazy but those are just like the few really weird things I'm sure there's more but yeah. Oh, yeah. Thankfully, really fascinating reverse grooming in in some way. I've I've never heard of this sort of trajectory, and I wonder what what was going on in his head that made him not attempt to do it again. Maybe it was the resistance that you showed, because you know I didn't I didn't show really any resistance other than like rolling over. But even then, I I didn't like say anything to the guy. Yeah. I just would, I just would roll over, so he didn't 
necessarily th- you might you, you know you might have just stopped it right in its tracks you know it's I possible think so. perhaps yeah because yeah, i had a like a more similar experience to you where it happened like um over like a period of years and like you know at random time i don't even remember how many times like i remember them asking you know like before we went to trial and stuff like how many times i'm like dude i have no clue like yeah I literally have no idea. It's been like yeah, 25 five or six times. Years. Yeah. Glad you finally asked. A lot. Yeah. Like my journal. Yeah. Hold on. Let me go look. Yeah. I've been marking. Like, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, no. But so, yeah. how did this all be, uh, begin for you, Madison? So, um, I, since it happened like so many times, there's only like very few times that I really remember it happening. Mm-hmm. And, um, other than that, I have like absolutely no idea, honestly. Yeah. But um, the first time I, we were in the same house. I'm sure it was around the same time. Oh, also just like, you know, me and Cameron have never talked to each other about this before. This was my very first time hearing her. About the specifics. Talk about it. Yeah. About the specifics. Wow. Yeah, we, That's we never amazing. have. Yeah, so. Um, so this is probably but, pretty trippy then, I imagine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and and just to ask you really quick here, when did you, or maybe this makes more sense to, I'll, I'll edit this part out. I was just thinking, because I wanted to ask you, when did you guys find out that it had been happening to both of you? But maybe that would make sense to ask later when we get closer to the trial. What do you think? Yeah, yeah that's, like, when we yeah, found that's when we found out. out. Like, Got it. When, yeah. Okay. So yeah, we were living in the same house, obviously. So we're assuming it was around the same time, but we have no idea. Um, and I, uh, had a bedroom upstairs right next to their bedroom and all my other siblings were downstairs. And for some, we were like watching a movie on, um, a laptop in my room, like on my like twin bed. I'm like, that's just weird to begin with, you know, like you and your stepdad. Yeah. So the same play. This is, yeah. this is the same, no, the same was, tactic that It's pretty much exactly like to a T, the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. Like we were just watching a movie and like Cameron said, like I don't even know how much time it was in between like him advancing, but like it feels like a long time, but it probably wasn't when you think about it. And like um, that was the first time, like I really don't remember a lot. Like I remember we were watching um, the movie, I Know What You Did Last Summer. Uh-huh. <laughs> like I weirdly remember that but like I don't remember like anything about what I was wearing or like what exactly happened or really anything else. and like why would you also I know yeah. we can get more into this later with the trial but like totally. it would be crazy to recall any outfit that you wore at any time oh. during that age or even today like I couldn't tell you what I wore like last week or even yesterday oh. I have no yeah. idea yeah exactly but exactly. i will remember the cookies and the movies and all of these other miscellaneous it's yeah. so bizarre how our brains work but i know it exactly so what you weird. mean and then i'm trying to think about like uh i don't really remember like in line you know like when these things were happening but like i remember one time i was on my period and like I was kind of like doing what you were saying where I wasn't saying anything, but I was like turning away and like, kind of like trying to get away, you know, Mm -hmm. but like he wasn't really stopping. And then by the time he, it was like over, there was like blood all over my like shirt and like my pants. I was like, that's literally disgusting. Like that's so gross, you know, like, 
on top of you already being disgusting, this is just, this is over the top for me now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, have some class. Yeah, exactly. Give me me a week break. Is that too much to ask? Exactly. (laughs) And so I also remember him doing like random weird things. Um, Like if he was like walking behind or like around and he would like just like brush like on my butt or something and like it was just like I don't know it's just like so weird and creepy you know and it was almost like, like wait was that an accident it was like yeah. was that like kind of like second guessing like, myself like right. yeah like like well, that was weird like mm-hmm. um, whatever I'm like mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it was just an accident. I don't know. But right. it's like, no, no. Yeah. I was not an Yeah. I mean, that's like the epitome of the grooming phase is that you're trying to figure out if this is even malicious and you don't know and you really have no reason to think that it is because it's somebody that you trust and right. and is an adult. So it's like, it, it it's so confusing. And I, I remember feeling exactly the same way where sometimes even when the molestation was happening, I was like, okay, well, we kind of said that this was some sort of a game that's now morphed into something that's more that wasn't really what the game was originally, but I still like yeah, kind of thought that I, yeah, exactly. So you just don't, you're trying to piece the puzzle together, but you just don't really have any, it's so hard with those. Um, you want to believe that it was an accident. Right. Yeah. You In the same way that you want to believe that it didn't happen when 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 the molestation was happening. So you're you're really looking for any reason to not have this be the reality. But yeah, the the seemingly accidental interactions are oftentimes the most confusing. Right. Mm-hmm. For sure. And it like like Cameron was talking about earlier. Like I don't remember any of that happening before he actually molested me. So mm-hmm. like, I, like reverse. I don't know. Like it was so weird, you know. Like so weird. But like, I don't do know you if remember like I... them getting married super quick. Yeah. So my thought was like maybe because uh, I remember that too. Like okay, yeah. I'm already married to their mom. Like, right. Now I can just go for like whatever I want. Like I don't have to like really like do all True. this pre like grooming because you know I'm already so easy access right you know yeah perhaps that's why and during this time our mom was gone like a lot at night because she worked in a casino but um that didn't last very long because she was like passing out in bathrooms and stuff so she she couldn't really have a job for very long (laughs) that'll do it when did um so do you remember roughly how old you are when this started happening yeah so let's see i was Oof. They got married when I was in sixth grade. So I would say that this started happening in fifth or sixth grade. Mm-hmm. And we finally, when did? How, how many years are you guys apart right now? Or always? Four, <laughs> four years. Four years. Four years. Okay. Yeah. And we kind of like, like, uh, follow these chains of events by like what house we were in yeah. when it's not like oh how old were we in it's yeah. just like okay I know that this happened in this house and like this happened in this house but oh that's so that's so Google. spot on yeah. yeah and like we're not sure like oh did we live in this house before this house or this right. house first and so we're just like all right we're, we're just in this house yeah so, you know like that's kind of how we that's change, how we've been gauging time because yeah no i remember yeah you remember i remember what the ceiling looked like and the what the bed was but i don't remember what point in time it was the, the, right and also like different from cameron like i did like a lot of dissociating like 
all the time like even even just like in like my daily like life with things that I didn't like I feel like because I got so used to doing it at home like yeah I couldn't I like just like stopped remembering like so much stuff because I was just like in a different like literally on a different planet like so you were like daydreaming or like what was the disassociation like for you um I feel like when when the abuse was happening it was just more of like thinking about it being over like trying to think about like oh what else I'm gonna do today or like what I did yesterday or something yeah which I do remember but other than that like I don't really the reason that like obviously like me and my therapist have talked about like how I know that I was dissociating is I don't remember anything really from like growing up or whatever Mm -hmm. um besides like really tiny tiny parts but I don't really remember like being that age and what I was dissociating or like what I was thinking about when I was dissociating. Totally. Yeah. So now I guess we can talk about our mom and like kind of where she was with that whole thing and like her drug abuse and whatnot. And like, yeah. So I never like saw, or I don't think any of us really saw her like Mm. injecting drugs or like doing any, like snorting anything crazy but there's definitely like n- not open needles like some most of the time they had the cap on them but needles like in her purse around the house the house was always really messy so like you stumble upon messy, them yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and she always like had like medicine that like she had yes. to go get or like she would lose it in the house sometimes and make us all like like throw the whole part like house apart because it's really expensive like she really needs this medicine like and we would we like know. we were looking we like, didn't know we're like this being medicine hours. man like golly like fuck no but yeah her like being high was really just like like dozing off but I don't know if you would it was like it's that. hard to like explain to people that have never like seen someone like high on like you know like nearing the end of like us being with her like she was using fentanyl like and so it was like like I mean we don't know for sure for sure if she was like doing heroin before that but we're pretty sure and so in before that it was like pain pills you know like the regular like progression of drug addiction unfortunately mm-hmm. um and she like, wasn't going backwards like with the molestation started <laughs> yeah. and she's on weed by the end yeah yeah, yeah that would have been nice but like uh it's hard to like explain to people like you know that have never seen it before but like literally you would just be like having a conversation like this and she'd just be like falling like oh oh, standing up standing up she's like she's like whoa you know and that's like probably like 90 percent of the time I would say like from when I was in fifth grade to I mean when we left and I was a senior in high school then so it was a long time gotcha. yeah like 2008 to, 2000... to 2016 I mean she's still probably oh yeah abuses drugs now but we just aren't around so right yeah That's but yeah it, yeah like you don't like it's weird for us because like since we grew up in it like we didn't really realize that like when we started telling people about it they're like okay that's really fucked up and we're like oh no like it was totally fine like she we were okay 
and you're like oh like i didn't realize that this is such a problem <laughs> you know yeah yeah well it's all relative too it's like all right you might be dozing off during our conversations but you're not molesting me like that's pretty chill, <laughs> right like, totally yeah. for sure. exactly it's like i re just recently told my friend about like oh yeah like my mom would like our mom would be at stoplights and like doze off and we'd have to be Whoa. like whoever's in the front seat um light screen light screen and like i was telling them that like haha and they were like that's crazy like that's crazy dude i was like yeah yeah well, like oh, i man. guess no i guess that is pretty crazy like uh, and then 90 percent of the time that 10 percent of the time like, oh we were cleaning. She was making us clean like maniacs. Yeah. Because the house was always messy. It was always messy. Like, disgustingly messy. Mm -hmm. Like, it And it, bad. like, wasn't even that, like, well, obviously, like, there's four kids, you know, that creates a lot of mess. But, like, it wasn't even, like, we were, like, inherently messy. Like, it was mostly her, like, being up all night and, like, you know, her, like, drug-induced state and just, like, just, like, wrecking shit through the house. Like, yeah. We would be up like all night just like listening to her like slam cupboards or like throw dishes around for like obviously no reason other than she was high and then we would wake up and the whole house would be like a disaster like nice all right and, like it wasn't just like hey could you pick up the living room like it would have to be spotless like we're vacuuming like we'd have this, we have this like big island at one house and like it would be cluttered like nothing could fit on it all right i clean it all off wipe it down and then they'd be like there's a speck like on the grout and like make you like scrub it i'm like this is never clean like why can't you just be like thanks for <laughs> yeah. cleaning it off like yeah that was just it was weird. weird yeah how did she and your stepdad meet oh god so yeah so we had this uh like across the street neighbor at our at one of our houses where we lived um i would i would say we probably lived there for the longest amount of time um her and my our dad bought that house um and so they lived there together for a long time i don't really remember we moved in when my youngest brother was like right after he was born so we probably lived there for like seven or eight years um and so we were really good friends with you know the neighbor across the street and it was like her son's friend or something but he was like he was like 10 or 12 years younger than my mom like he was closer to my age than he was to like her age Whoa. <laughs> like it was creepy yeah. you know like he was he really was in his young. 20s and like he was in, his... in her 40s yeah that's like, wild. Met, yeah. And you yeah. said that they got married pretty quickly. Yeah, I feel like, like they did. Year, I feel yeah. like. I don't exactly know, but. Because I remember, because we were still in the same house and we mm -hmm. weren't there for like a really long time with both of them. So it was pretty quick. Yeah. yeah. Because they had like super unstable jobs. Like the only yeah. job I remember him actually having like real job on payroll is like, he worked for this oil company and an he, oil rig and he would just go away for like weeks he would go away for two weeks and then be home for two weeks and like that was like the best time obviously because like we weren't getting molested but like also <laughs> the worst because we had to like take care of our freaking you know like passed out mom all the time yeah. and we had younger <laughs> siblings so like we had to take care of them like we yeah. straight up just like wouldn't go to school and like and if we stuff, wanted like, to we, we would have to get up we have to dress the boys 
then be like, okay, mom, we're ready to go. Just wake up. God, just get to the car. God, just get to the car. Like, and like it was still iffy if like she was going to yeah. drive us to school or not. Right. Wow. And if we get there alive. Even like in the morning, if we did wake her up and be like, okay, like, you know, like we need to go to school. Sometimes it would take her like 30, 45 minutes, an hour to like, even like get up and come to the car or like, just like do like the simplest things. And like, she would never like, obviously like not be functioning enough to like go to the grocery store or anything so like sometimes like on a good day maybe we would like go to mcdonald's but like if not we'd be eating like freaking cinnamon yeah. tortillas or something <laughs> for like a whole day you know yeah um where is least, uh, go ahead at least like when our stepdad was home like if she was just like whatever like tonight we can just push it off her off like on him or right. at least he like I don't actually remember him like dragging us to school really a lot. <laughs> I don't remember but, that either. Uh, like at least you know what we could like push some of the yeah responsibilities off on him, but yeah. it still wasn't like oh he was going could... grocery shopping and making yeah. dinner and everything. It was he just like wasn't. oh then we don't have to deal with mom like right when he's home. So yeah, was your biological dad involved in your life at all? Yeah. So um let's see so my parents um had me and then they got married a little shortly after I was born and then they had Cameron and then shortly after that they got divorced and then I was probably in maybe third grade third or fourth grade and they got married again to each other yeah to each other And then in like the, and then like the end of fourth grade or fifth grade, they got divorced again. Wow. And then, um, that's when they were really done for good, apparently. Um, but yeah, so he like, and also they had both of our brothers. Yeah. I don't know if they were married. All of us are are like, all of us are full siblings from my mom and my dad. So thank God she didn't have any kids with him. Mm. Except that. Yeah. Right. Um, and so he was like around, like not really, like he worked a lot when we were younger. Um, and then that kind of continued when they first, when they first, like kind of really got divorced for the second time. Mm -hmm. Um, and then my mom just always like talked so bad about my dad and that like, he didn't like care about us and he didn't want to see us. Never reached out. But like, but like when we grew up, we realized that, like, she was just, like, bullshitting us, pretty much, like, she wouldn't tell us, like, if he called, or he tried to, like, you know, like, get different custody of us, and all this different stuff, and, like, she would, like, obviously just go to court and fight it, and fight it, and she never really made it, like, a conducive environment for us to, like, want to see him, so, like, it's so weird to think about for me, because, like, I would, like, so, like, sometimes when my brothers or whatever would go visit my dad, like, I would choose to stay at home. I'm like, why would I do that, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's something that I still think about. Like, why, like, did my, like, my mom must have made it, like, sound so bad, yeah. you know, to be with my dad that I literally wanted to stay home and get molested. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> like, okay. Yeah. Uh, like yeah what dad... is happening at your dad's place that makes it, yeah, that's, yeah, that's exactly. wild. Well, I feel like it's just, oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah. You can go. Um, no, I was just going to say, like, uh, 
in the same way that we'll sort of believe whatever we're told at that age, whether it's with regards to molestation or just whatever it is that adults tell us, it's like, okay, if your mom's telling you this saying this, whatever it is about your, your dad, even if she's in this wild state of, of drug induced sleepiness or just general sort of disarray, it's still somebody that you trust and you don't really have any reason to believe that she would be lying about this um yeah. so it makes a lot of sense I, I wonder what your brothers or if you ever talked to your brothers like when they would come back from your dad's do you remember well, any conversations like i that? i still like went over there sometimes and like spent some time like every other weekend or whatever and like we had had fun like my dad didn't my dad didn't have a lot of money. Um, he kind of like stopped working. He started having like a bunch of like medical issues. Um, so he was like pretty poor, but I mean, like he did like fun stuff with us, you know, like he was really, he grew up with six siblings and like his parents were pretty poor. So like he knew how to like make it fun for us, even though we like had no money, you know, like yeah. we would go fishing, yeah. lake, you know, like, and just like do like, I don't know, like kid stuff, you know, like he would like make us rope swings and like we had like all these chickens and like he lived on this farm like it was just like it was like normalcy over there mostly you know totally yeah but for some reason we were just like no and like right now we still talk to our dad like oh, yeah. we have a good relationship yes. with uh, him like he struggles with his own like mental health issues and a little bit of drinking but he's never like physically mentally mm -hmm. verbally abused us in any sense so yeah. and Cameron, it's a lot better than you know yeah. what we got going on at <laughs> mom's house yeah well maybe yeah. you know part of it could be also that one of the things we talk about on this podcast all the time is like the guilt of survivors the like what will happen to other people if we get out of this environment i imagine that because you guys were so uh, you did so much for your mom, not just cleaning, but like waking her up and in, in these things that, um, like you said, when your stepdad would come home, you could kind of pawn off the responsibilities to him. You know, like, I wonder if you would have felt some guilt in leaving your mom alone. Uh, and maybe that's part of why you wouldn't go to your dad's if you were these, these kid oh. adults, essentially, that had to adapt to this wild environment that could have been part of the reason. Absolutely. I think that like, I had like this really, um, I don't know, like codependency with my mom, you know, like I had to be there and take care of her. And like, I never wanted to leave her alone. And like, I felt like I had to take care of my younger siblings and like, make sure that they were okay. And like, I feel like that that's kind of why I let the molestation go on for so long is because I was like, okay, well, if he's going to do this to me all the time, then he's probably not going to do it to anyone else, you know? That's so it. let's just, I'll just put the team on my back for this one. And this is no biggie, you know, like, let's just deal with it. Hey, and way to go. We applaud you for the, for the <laughs> yeah. sacrifice. This is exactly, yeah. exactly. So many people feel this way. And it's, it's not, it's also not just re restricted to like your siblings. I mean, obviously in this case, those are the people that are under the same roof. It, which in my case was my friend, you know, I was like, all right, well, if I were to get out of the situation, then presumably my friend would just get molested more. So, you know, we are these sacrificial lambs to an extent, and <laughs> we feel like this burden of responsibility that sometimes just seems easier to endure ourselves rather than, you know, pass it off onto the next person, especially when it's people that we love. 
yeah, yeah, absolutely. And what's interesting is that Maddie didn't know, like, when we were in the situation when it was happening, she didn't know that it happened to me or, like, anything was happening with me. But I, I didn't know, but I, like, I kind of knew. I was like, okay, I'm guessing this is also going on, like, some weird stuff's going on with her. But she never mm. thought that, like, me, and that's something that came out, like, more near the trial yeah. and whatnot for sure yeah so after we like moved around like a bunch and that kind of stuff i was do you want to talk about now mom when we left yeah okay so, so yeah. you know like that was just life just we got sexual abuse <laughs> moved around here once in a while mom drugged out like yeah. yeah all right i guess this is just forever like yeah. i remember thinking yeah. like yeah like this is just this how it is like this is I'm never getting out of this so then one day I was in eighth grade so I was 2015 yeah 2016 and um luckily none like my brothers and Maddie weren't home like I had come home from track practice and I was actually going I like went to my grandparents because they just bought me a new car so I was like going up there to like get my new car. I was like, well, new to me, you know, um, yeah. going up there to get my car. And then I don't know where our brothers were, maybe with our dad or something, Probably. but, and I came home and I remember like coming in, I'm like, mm, like, where's mom at? Like cars in the driveway. And we, me and Maddie had the master bedroom. They let us have a master bedroom. Sick. Yeah. So I go in the master like bathroom and we had a stand-up shower, no bathtub, and she was like laying on the ground in the stand-up shower with just like weird things in her hand, like earbuds, but like not connected to like a phone or anything. And, like I don't know. And I was just like, and, like dude, this what are you abnormal? Like, yeah. I was really, just like, like what are you doing? Norm. Like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> hey mom, like, come on. And then right. like, it, so of course it wasn't abnormal. So I just like did like get out of my room, like come on, like. <laughs> but she was more. Like, <laughs> she was more irritable like this time, and uh, our stepdad was in town. And usually like if she's being like a little crazy, I'm just calling our stepdad and being like, "Mom's out I'm of it. Like, I'm not dealing with it. Like come come get her." Yeah. And but I'm like, where's like where's uh, we call him Pop where's pop like where's pop um he's she's like and I was like I'm gonna call him she's like no like don't call him like and was getting like kind of aggressive and I'm just like this is like I'm kind of scared right now like I'm a little scared and it was just different than like any of the other days where she was like hi or whatever so I was just like all right let's just get out of my room like 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 let's walk you like just you know like she's still out of it she's not there but so whatever just kind of like leading her to the door shut the door, lock that baby. And then I'm like, I'm freaked out. Like I'm nervous. So I go into the bathroom and text my grandma and maybe texted you too. And I'm just like, like mom's whacked out. Like I'm scared right now. Like Mm -hmm. this is just too bad. Like I need like someone to come get me. Like I'm scared right now. And so we hatched a plan. Yeah. They're like, okay. Like are my friend lived right down the street. Like like five houses down so they're like just try to get over there and we'll pick, you up. The house. we'll pick you up from there because that's going to be suspicious if 
I don't know, Maddie comes picks me up for no reason. Like, I don't know. Yeah. So we were trying to like not raise a lot of suspicion because there had been like several times before this where like CPS had been called by like people at our school, like our family members, and they would come to the house and like, it was seriously creepy, like how fast she would like click out of it and like be like normal. It was like, it was like, like I felt like sometimes she was like faking being high because mm. she 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 would so quickly be normal if someone like knocked on the door. So like normal. for for like so a normal. short for like a very short stint of time, like my mom was like into this whole crazy like we were gonna be Mormons. <laughs> so she always <laughs> we always had like these like missionaries knocking on our door all right. the time. The natural then, next step from heroin or <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fentanyl. Yeah, yeah, exactly becoming Mormon. <laughs> yeah uh, so they would always be knocking on our door and literally as soon as they would show up it would be like this whole other like person even though it's like two seconds before she was literally like passed out high on the couch like it was it's the most creepiest thing i've ever seen wow and that's why like now we don't we can't really tell if she is using or not because we know she can like snap out of it and fake it like super good so it's just like There's we no don't telling, know yeah. like we don't really know that is really interesting yeah, so I, Sorry, they're like, me. get to your friend's house. We'll pick you up from there. Like, just just try to get out of there. So I'm like, all right. Because I, you guys oh. also didn't necessarily want, like, when CPS would be called, is this something that you were, like, wanting to get help from? Or is this something that you're like, yeah, fuck yeah, everything's, we're, everything's fine. Yeah, we would totally be like, everything's fine. Because my mom, you know, like, she would, like, scare us and tell us, like, they're going to take you away. And, like, you're going to have to go live with someone that you don't know, you know. And, like, do you want to, like, not see me anymore and, like, all that kind of stuff. And so, like, we were scared to talk to them. Like, we didn't want to tell them anything. And, like, it's really funny because, like, our, like, grandma and, like, you know, like, a lot of our close family friends are CPS workers. So, like, (laughs) during this time, they were, like, dang, like, this is really, like, messed up, you know? Like, they couldn't really do that much because we wouldn't talk. And so we learned that, you know, like, way after the fact, they were, like, yeah, we were calling CPS all the time. And, like, you guys wouldn't say anything. So we didn't know what to do. Like, there was nothing else. And also, when CPS would come, they'd be, like, oh, is anyone hurting you? And I thought, like, no no one's no one's like punching me in the face yeah no no i'm not getting hurt like no like man i'm I'm, I'm okay like i think this is normal like this is just how it is man like this is my family yeah we're doing good (laughs) yeah you're good are you okay i'm not getting you know hit around so Yeah. yeah things are good so yeah it makes total sense that we don't want these things because in many ways that like if if we were to be like yeah CPS like we need help then it's like an admission of like it, it makes all of these things that may not have been that big of a deal a very big deal and it's a lot easier to move on with your life if you're just like yeah this is just what it is it could be way worse we're not getting physically hurt you know I felt the same way about my molestation where I was like this isn't like I I was never in pain you know I it's you can't it's very hard to understand the emotional uh abuse that the impact of the emotional abuse that we're going through during those those times but while it was going on I was like I mean I who am I to complain like this could be so much worse I know people at, at uh, my friends of mine who are getting you know hit by their parents and things like that so we do everything we can to sort of make the situation seem as not that big of a deal as possible Absolutely yeah yeah absolutely so from Sorry. there, ran to my friend's house. You know, I was just like, I gotta pick out, I gotta get some homework. Like I'm, I will left some homework there. Gotta go get it. 
So I'm running down the street and I remember like running, I'm running. I'm looking back. She's standing on the lawn. I'm like, Oh my God, but whatever. I'm just keep running. I get into the house. I'm like, my friend's like, what the heck? I'm like crying. And I'm just like, okay, bye. Like my sister's out front. I gotta go. But she was amazing. She's great. We still talk, but um yeah so and then I came yep. I came in my new car, new car. I was like, <laughs> and my sister's like ah. I'm like frick all right let's let's deal with this but yeah. thankfully a lot of our family are CPS workers yeah. so, so my grandma's like do. all right we got a call next day we like a reporter we, came out yeah see because like it was different for me because because oh. I was like I'm not gonna stop my regular life for this and like forget high it school, so, so they they I can't remember if we stayed with my dad that night or if we stayed with my grandma. I don't really I, remember. Yeah, us two drove back up to our room. Yes, we did. But my our brothers were already with, with our my dad. dad. Um, and so, you know, they were like, oh, you know, like, we don't want you to go to school tomorrow. We want you to, like, you know, be here when the CPS lady comes, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, I'm going to school. Like, I'm not going to miss school. Just be, like, I've already missed so much school. Like, can't keep missing <laughs> I finally have a ride to school. I can drive yeah, myself exactly. for the first time. I'm not going to exactly. stay home now. Yeah. Yeah. So they like met with the social worker yeah. like during the day, mm -hmm. like at a family friend's house. And then I, I like went to the CPS office. Like after I got out of school, I drove there. Because I was like, you know, they kept asking me, like, well, when can you meet? When can you meet? I'm like, I don't know. Like, when I get out of school. <laughs> They're like acting like it's Bell a huge deal. 3 30. Yeah, I, just, I don't know. They're like super worried. I'm like, I don't know. Like, be there when I'm there. Like, yeah, chill out, guys. We've been dealing, dealing yeah. with this for years. Like, what like, is Like, I know rush? this is due to you, but it's <laughs> nothing. Yeah, so, so yeah. just the CPS case from there just kind of took off. Obviously, we weren't going back with our mom, but just it, like months I think yeah, and then I lived with my dad and she just did everything she had to do whatever she had to like and it was like really minimal like what she had to do like she pretty much had to like test clean so like every week they would get like a color and then every day you'd have to call and like if they said whatever your color was you had to go in and test so it was like random testing uh drug mm -hmm. testing and then she oh. had to have like um, supervised visitation, which we didn't go to. Um, only my brothers went. Um, so they they did supervised visits, and it felt like it was only like two months, not two long or at three all. months. And then they were like, "All right, well, you seem well enough to have your kids back." And like, she definitely was not. And Whoa. we were old enough to be like, we don't want to. We go don't really home. want to. Like, we have a dad that like lives separately. Like, we don't. We don't want to go back. And CP was like, okay, you're old enough. Yeah. You can decide, but your brothers have, have to. to go back. And like, I think it probably could have been more like a 50 50 custody thing. But mm -hmm. again, like, my dad wasn't the stablest and right. he didn't know like what was going on. So right. it kind of just eventually ended up with ended them being in... there a lot at my mom's. Yeah. And oh. then not too long after that, we moved in with our grandma because mm -hmm. just better environment She's stable very, <laughs> very stable so yeah. that was great yeah she's been a really big support for us yeah. for sure through all of this yeah and then like we would always hear of just like different incidents like happening like different cps like 
like cases opening like with my mom and like the boys Brothers. and whatnot and just so like where we grew up is like super small so like if anything happens like everyone knows about it you know mm-hmm. and so I guess one time my brother like reported that um uh our stepdad like shoved him into a wall or something or like pushed him down and like called him a really bad name and um, he must have, I think he reported that to school, to his teacher. And then we like kind of found out about it through like our like friends. Cause like, you know, it's just a small, small town, town and everyone yeah. talks yeah. about everything. So we kind of figured out that. And then like, I don't even remember like when it was, but we were both, you know, still living at my grandma's and it was like really late at night and when like the whole like CPS thing kind of blew up, my maternal grandfather like got really pissed off at us and like that we were like betraying our mom and you know, like we don't care about her and like we're just like brainwashed or I'm like, okay. So we didn't really talk to him anymore. And it was like really late at night one night and someone was calling me on the phone and I answered it and it was him. And I was like, oh God, like this cannot be good. And he was telling, he was saying like, um, you need to like, go get your brothers from your mom's house. Um, like your stepdad's like threatening to kill your mom and he has a gun. And, and he had a and, lot of guns. And he like, had a lot of that. guns. Yeah. Whoa. And so we're like, what? So it's like 10 o'clock at night and I'm like, really 20 minutes away. Yeah. We're like, no, we're not going to go down there. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, you guys go into the <laughs> environment with the gut, like yeah. call the police. It's crazy. Yeah, exactly. So it's that's what we did. We yeah. called the police Metal and we were like, you know, send them there or whatever. But it's just so funny that your maternal grandfather is just like, you got, you can go on kids. Yeah, <laughs> literally though. Go collect, your, like. go collect your siblings. Yeah. But the, the so, war zone. This is our dad. We said like, our dad. We're like, dad, you go, go over there. Go get him. <laughs> nice. like, yeah. And he had to like, my dad had to like wait around because we were like on the phone or whatever with the operator lady. And like, he had to like wait around the corner and like, they were like, sur- like surrounding the house and, you know, like trying yeah. to like entry because they thought that like, you know, something seriously, it probably, and was. It probably was seriously going to happen. And then of course they like knock on the door and everything's fine. Like, oh, no worries here. Like, what do you mean? You know? Yeah. And the boys are of course like, I don't know. So my dad did end up taking the boys that night. Um, and I remember my mom like so weirdly calling me and like her telling me that she was like, getting ready for work like in the car or something and like she was in the garage getting ready for work in the car and he was in the house and I'm like why don't you just leave you idiot like open the garage why are you there? and yeah. like this was during a time when she had a job like at a nursing home but it was more of like a it was like out of someone's house private like nursing yeah home sort of so there's only like four or five like patients or you know residents and then you know like she would like take care of them at night and we quickly figured out that she was taking all their pain medication from there because we would find these like they had these like uh sheets where like every day you would like punch out the medicine you know mm-hmm. and I kept finding them and they would have you know it's like it's like Elaine and you're like who the hell is Elaine, you know? (laughs) And there's like all these pills missing. And then I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Right, right. Yeah. And so that, like stuff like that just kept happening, like CPS stuff. Nothing would come out of it. It's just like, oh, they, yeah. 
Like, oh, everything's fine now. It's good. No you worries. guys are good. You got the clear. Yeah. And then one time it reported to the school that like he um, got thrown against the wall. And me and my grandma were driving home one day from school and she, we were just like talking about the situation. And she was like, you know, like, did anything like that ever happen to you? And I thought she meant physical abuse. So no, no, nothing like that yeah, ever yeah. happened to me. She's like, did anything else ever happen to you? And I was like, yeah. And I remember like she got kind of like mad, like not me, but she was like, people can go to jail for that shit. And I was just like, <laughs> Yeah, okay. like, yes, yeah, I, I guess, like, I guess so. I don't know. And then she was like, "Oh, like, do you do you think it happened to Maddie too?" And I was like, "I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure." And then, and then, like, I think it was, it was. I don't know exactly if it was that night, like after they had talked in the car on the way home or not. But I remember, like, we were just like, you know, having like a normal night. We all ate dinner and like watched TV. And I went in to go to bed, and like my grandma came in my room, which like she never really did, you know, like. When we went into our rooms, that meant, like, don't, like, don't bother me. Going to bed. <laughs> yeah. Like, and she, like, came in my room and, like, sat on my bed. And she was, like, yeah, like, I was talking to um, Cameron today. And, like, I was just wondering, like, you know, if anything ever happened to you, like, there that you want to tell me. And I was, like, no, no. And she's, like, no, she's, like, nothing inappropriate ever happened. And I was, like, yes, it did. <laughs> and then she was, like, okay. She was, yeah. like, that's what I thought. She was, like, all right, let's get this figured out. And this then is, It's so fascinating because it's, like, I had the exact same experience with my mom where she asked me, like, multiple questions in a row of, like, did anything ever what, – what, did anything bad happen? Did you, did you ever get hurt by – I call him Jim just to leave it anonymous. And – I until she like explicitly like asked me did he ever touch you inappropriately until that happened I wasn't able to articulate that it had happened and even then I just said yes but it's like it's why it's so important to have these conversations and why we have to realize that like just because they ha a kid hasn't said yes explicitly to something yet doesn't mean that it didn't happen. Like you might not have phrased the question correctly in a way that resonates with their thinking that makes them think like, oh, you know, this is a safe situation to speak up about this. Yeah, but it's like, I, I mean, I, I imagine most kids aren't, uh, there are, certainly are some and the more the better, but most kids aren't just actively speaking up about this. It's pulled out eventually by like an extended line of questioning. But Absolutely. it's why we have to do this. I mean, for yeah. both, all three of us were able to speak up because we were asked about right. it. Yeah. And it's like, it's ridiculous to me when people are like, oh, well, like, you know, they didn't say anything like all those times when like CPS came or like, oh, like they didn't say anything the very first time I asked. It's like, okay, would you? You didn't ask. You didn't would ask you? my question. Like, like would yeah. you say something if you're, you know, like. Oh, yeah, I couldn't wait to tell you about this. Yeah, yeah like, exactly. Like, no. So silly. This is something that, like, you think you're going to, like, take to your grave, you know? Like, you don't yeah. want to talk to anyone about ever. Oh, that was my entire plan. That was oh, the yeah, plan. Same. <laughs> same. And also, like, when my Berman, like, when we did, like, this all started, I was a sophomore in high school, mind in college, and, like, I heard, that, like, I knew the two term, like, sexual assault, sexual abuse, but... I didn't really know like is that what happened like I don't like know if that's how you classify it or what like and I heard like molestation but I was like I don't yeah I have no idea I don't know so I didn't I couldn't yeah. say like 
this like I was sexually abused or I was like blah 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 so yeah I'm just thankful that my grandma asked that because I don't know if I would have ever like really spoke up and been like hey I mean, it really should be, I completely agree with you, and it should be like a regular check-in that every parent has with their kids or or grandparent, whoever is in charge of you, to just have, you know, you can do this without it harming the kid, but that's why so many people are afraid to do it, is it's like, oh, but what if, what if, then they know that this stuff can happen, and then they're not going to trust adults, it's like, yeah, well, they probably shouldn't, at least, that's why it's such a problem. Yeah, Um, yeah and in that that has I mean like I'm sure like we were all taught when we were kids like oh you always respect adults and like you always you know are like you know trust them and like give them the benefit of the doubt and whatever and like that's what's led to like so many kids you know being abused yeah well it's like it's your mom's husband also despite the environment and all these things that are happening do you really want to potentially have your mom lose her husband there's so many things that we're juggling that make it impossible like everyone who hasn't been through it thinks that it would be so easy but it's borderline impossible to unless unless it's dragged out of us eventually and then what's funny is like the people that got us to speak up end up being accused of trying to convince us that something oh my god why would my mom want this to have happened why would your grandma want yeah and especially like at trial and stuff they're like oh well like we know you concocted this story and whatever and it's like do you think that I really want to memorize a story about being molested and then get up here and tell all these random people about it like this is my worst nightmare right now like that's the thing there's no first no child would ever want you to think that that happened no why would especially when you know you look at these high profile molestation cases like with Michael Jackson or you know whoever that people always accuse the accusers of going after money and it's funny to think that like even in criminal cases where there's no money involved, you still get accused of mm-hmm. wanting to have yeah. had this happen or, or wanting people to think that this happened. I didn't even I wasn't I didn't even kiss somebody yet. I, why, <laughs> exactly. Why would I, I? We haven't even gone through puberty. I mean, regardless of where you're at in all of these stages, yeah. it's not something. Yeah, I just I don't know. I just woke up one day and I just really wanted people to think that my stepdad was yeah. molesting me. I just have always had this urge to yeah. really just have people. It's like, what the yeah. fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Ridiculous. Exactly. So what was the sequence from basically where we're at until when you guys realized you were going to trial? Okay, so we so literally the next day um after our grandma like found out that this had happened um we went to go see um like one of her friends um who's a therapist to like she get our whole entire story out so she could report it she's a mandated reporter so yeah. it wouldn't just be coming from like our grandma right. it's like coming yeah. from a mandated reporter yeah. so we both like went into her office and it was like Sunday, I'm pretty sure. And she like came in, you know, and Cameron went first, I think. Maybe. And we she, knew her. She was like, she was like kind of a family of friend, like, kinda. So it wasn't just a complete stranger, but we yeah. knew she knew our grandma. Yeah. She was really nice. She's yeah, like, she is. And she later ended up being my therapist, which was perfect. Nice. Um, but um, yeah, so literally the next day we went and saw her and we both like told her, 
you know, whole story and whatever. And then I feel like literally it was like the next day and like, it was like eight o'clock in the morning. I had gone to school and like, they're like still in their pajamas, like just chilling. And like two detectives like show up on the doorstep and they're like, oh shit. Like that was really fast, you know, like, (laughs) and so, so I just roll out. I just woke up. I just out of bed. I go into the kitchen. Oh, two detectives are on my kitchen table. I'm like, Hey guys, <laughs> they were amazing. They were like, detectives on our case were everyone on our case was just yeah. amazing. They were, yeah. And you know, I just uh, I had like notes that I had written like for when I we told the therapist and like this like just again to kind of pull them out of my memory. You know, I really shoved them down deep. Yeah. Yep. And so I just told them all about you know everything that happened and they asked for my little notes so I gave them my notes and. Yeah, they were just like, okay, like, yeah, we're going to talk to your sister and go from there. Uh huh. And then later that night, after I was, after I was done with school, because I had to, I, I have <laughs> to go to school. Of course. Uh, um, I went to like the, a courthouse that's like really close to us. And um, I met one of the detectives there and like, it was kind of like interesting because like we actually like sat in an interrogation room because like that was really the only like space that was available naturally yeah yeah. (laughs) like I just wanted to let you know that like that like you're not in trouble or anything but like there's like cameras that are recording you and like you know we're gonna talk about this but like you're not gonna be in trouble and I was like okay yeah I'm not really worried about it and like he was super great with like saying like you know you can use whatever words that you want to like talk about this or like whatever but like I really need you to like very plainly spell it out for me like and I'll ask you questions if like I need more information you know mm-hmm. and so he was really great and actually like right before we went to trial we read over like our whole like very first interview with the detectives and like it was just like really funny to like look back on and like like in it I'm like joking about like being on Law and Order SVU and he's like huh ah, like you know, like, <laughs> not you know. Totally and he's like it's not funny and I'm like sorry like I have to laugh you know <laughs> of course so, yeah wow. so at the end of like my like first initial interview he asked me he was like oh like would you because I was uh was I over 18? Yeah, I must yes, have been. Yes, you were in college. Yeah, so um, at the time I was over 18, so he asked me, um, would you be willing to do a pretext phone call, which is pretty much, um, I would call him and, you know, ask him to call our stepdad, try to get him to admit it, you know? Yeah. So it was really funny. We met, it was a couple days later, maybe, yeah. or even the next day, I don't know. Yeah, it happened quick. It happened really fast. Quick. Um, and we met in like this like really like rundown like gas station parking lot of like our hometown and we like parked like way like in the back and it was just like me, my sister, my grandma, and then like they came in their car, you know, and I They I, they being the, the uh, detectives. detectives. Okay. Yeah. Um I had this like earpiece thing, I think that I put in and then I like had my own phone, but it was like weird because we didn't know what his phone number was. And they had like tried to search and find what it was. And they had found like five or six different phone numbers. So I was like calling all these different phone numbers off my phone to like, see if it was him, you know, and then none of them worked. So we were like, shit, what do we do? And so I ended up calling my mom first and I was like, Oh, Hey, like, I was just wondering, you know, could I have, 
you know, his phone number. And she's like, yeah, he's like sitting right here. I'm like, no, I, I like, I need to call him, you know, like <laughs> I need to call his, his phone. I just and feel like, like chatting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, okay. Like, How you been? Yeah. yeah. She's like, all right. So, um, she, uh, she gave him, she gave me his phone number and I called and I was like, okay, well, like, is there any way that I could like talk to you alone? You know? And he was like, well, like we can meet up later. And they told me to absolutely like deny and say, no, no, no. Like I need to do it now because they did not want us meeting in person. Obviously that was like yeah. a risk to myself and everyone else. Right. Um, and they didn't so, want like, the, your mom there because because i knew that he wouldn't admit it if she was you know sitting right there of course so um i just kind of like i tried to kind of like lead him into it on his own like i said like i've been going to therapy and like i really don't want to have to tell anyone else about what you did to me but i want you to apologize so like i can work on healing for myself you know and he was like yeah so he was like you know what like yeah I'm really sorry that like um I let your mom like be like so addicted to drugs all these years and like I never like helped her like get out of it and like you know like all these weird things like oh I'm sorry that like you know the house was never like clean and like I never like helped you with your homework and like all this weird shit yeah that's why I'm in therapy exactly exactly and so I'm like, no, I, 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 I was like, you know what you did to me and like, you need to apologize or else, you know, like I'm never going to heal from this blah, blah, blah. And she said, and, or else you're a coward. Yeah. And no, that, was, that. That, was, that was after. Hold on, hold on, hold on. That was after. So I was like, I finally, he was like, the detective was like giving me these signals. He's like, just say, like, just say you need to apologize, you know, for molesting me. So I just came out and said it and I was like, I need you to apologize for like sexually abusing me for all those years. And he was like, what? He was like, he was like, oh, uh, and I was like, you know what? If you can't admit to this, then you're a fucking coward. And, and then he was just like pretty silent. And I was like, this is like, this is like, you're pathetic. Like the fact that like you did this all these years and like now you can't even apologize. And he was like, just kind of like stumbling over his words and whatever. And then eventually I was just, I just said like, I just need you to say sorry so I can like move on. And he did say sorry. And then I was like, okay, cool. Thanks. And then I hung up. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. <laughs> yeah. But like, so they said that like, what they were hoping for was that um, he would leave the house. So like, it was like kind of cool. They had like already like put a tracker on his like car and stuff and like, you know, like had him under all this surveillance. And so yeah. we were waiting for him to leave the house because they didn't want to have to go in to the house, one where he had a bunch of guns and two where my brothers were and like make a scene. And we really appreciated that, honestly, because we didn't want, you know, them to have to be a part of that. So yeah. Literally immediately after we hung up the phone, we went to Starbucks because I was like, I had to go to work, but I was like, gosh, I really just like want to know that he's like caught or whatever, you know? Yeah. So we go to Starbucks, which is like 10 minutes away. And like, we're literally in the middle of ordering and the detective calls and he's like, okay, we got him. Like, I was like, dang, that was fast. (laughs) Cause he like got immediately in his car, they said, and like started driving away. And I, I, I mean, 
I asked the um, detective, like, when we were leaving, I was like, is there any way that you, that you guys could, like, record this? Like, you know, like a get cop the body episode? Cam. Get the body cam. Yeah. Like, being arrested. Oh. He said he was, like, yelling about, like, stuff. Yeah. Like, this is bullshit, blah, blah, yeah. But it's like, buddy, you don't even know, like, what you're getting arrested for, right. supposedly. Like, yeah. I'm sorry was- the house was messy. Yeah. away. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, it was really, really quick. <laughs> you're just um, in Starbucks too, like yeah. ice hockey. Well, I put on speakerphone because I was like, I want you guys to hear. You know, so we got him. Like, yeah. yeah, in the middle of Starbucks. Um, and then, like, pretty much immediately after that, obviously they went back to um, the house and, like, you know, like searched searched the whole house for stuff because I would assume because Cameron did talk about like you know, like, the camera, like, the phone camera and stuff, and, like, there being, like, maybe possible pictures, so, um, they didn't find anything, somehow, like, Dang. everything was missing, like, all the phones, like, my mom couldn't find them, I'm and like, there was, oh, like, wow. always a bunch of phones, like, just dead, yeah. like, whatever, old, right. like, lying around, so I'm like, that's, suspicious. yeah, I'm like, that's, but we kind of had this weird, yeah, and then, let's see, I, he went to jail, and then, it was just kind of like a lot of waiting games, like waiting to see like what his bail would be and waiting to see like if he, you know, was going to get let out and like going to court and just waiting to hear like whatever like bullshit thing they had to say next. Like, oh, you know, like he needs to go to his grandma's funeral. Like he should be let out for one day. We're like, no, yeah. <laughs> like nobody cares. Yeah. But he ended up not like getting a, a like, a lot like a insane amount of bail yeah, it was like so $2 million. he wasn't able to get out stayed, yeah yeah he stayed in jail dollars. the whole time like till, till trial, trial so we oh, were really damn. happy about that. oh yeah. my guy was like fifty thousand, and i was like oh, i could, could probably be a little bit more don't you think yeah i know it seemed to be enough yeah yeah well i mean even like when it was like two million dollars i was like that's like I was like, that's that's garbage. Not like he should yeah, totally. Like, why why like, can he buy his way out of it? He's threatening yeah. children and molesting exactly. children. What yeah. price are we putting on this? Yes. And we literally Crazy. live right next to a school. Like literally. There you go. Yeah. Immediately. I'm like, yeah. okay, great. And so thank God he didn't. And we were also worried about my brothers and my mom that he would go home and like, you know, commit all this like violence because this all just came out. Yeah. And, you know, he's probably going to yeah. prison. It is a funny thing to think about. Like, I've never really thought about this that hard until just as we're speaking about it now. But it's weird to be like this. If you have this much money, you can you can you can go. It's so <laughs> go, regardless of what you've done. Seemingly, you might have threatened to murder people and have guns and have children and be molesting them. And you're just like, fuck it. If you can pay for it. Exactly. Yeah. It's our justice system is broken. Bizarre. For sure. Yeah. Um. So after that, yeah, there's so much waiting. I don't even really remember how much Months. time time yeah. lapsed before they pretty much not years, not years, but months, months for sure. So we were like the DA, like they were amazing, and like we had these like great um, victim advocates that were that we were really close to during this time, and they you know like gave us all these different options of like you know would you like to offer him a plea deal and we were like yeah sure we'll give him like 25 years or something and he's like we're like we know he's not going to accept this you know so it was just kind of like a dumb like game pretty much but they said like they have to do it in like good faith you know to like the da's office does so we're like yeah sure but like 25 years that's it so you guys got to decide that 
Yeah. Yeah. They were they very, were. they were amazing. Yeah. They were really yeah. open. That's wild. Or they yeah. said, do you guys want no plea deal at all? Like, yeah. We don't even have to offer him. Like mm-hmm. we, if you guys really don't like, we go straight to trial. Yeah. And we were like, we don't well, really we'll want to really go to trial like that bad. So, all right. Yeah. Man, why would you? Exactly. Yeah. And so. But is that, that because, is, is that because you were over 18? Madison? What? Like if you if you guys were like ten, I assume they wouldn't have been like, fucking. Yeah. You guys want to play? You know, there must be some probably sort of an not. age range. Probably there. not. Um, they probably maybe, maybe they'd try for pleading maybe harder because we maybe were young or something, or maybe they would consult like Grammy. I yeah, don't know. maybe. Yeah, because we were old. Like I was a yeah. junior in high school. I was school, in college. So yeah, so I was a junior in college. Well, I'm, I'm just asking because I I didn't I don't think I was offered. I don't think I had that offer. I mean, I was 11, so I don't know, yeah. but it would have been crazy for them to be like, all right, what do you think is a reasonable amount of time? In this yeah. 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 Oh, trivia to think about. Damn. Okay. So you guys agreed. You were like 25 years. Yeah. And then we offered that and he was like, you know, definitely no. So we were like, Hey, yeah, we expected <laughs> that to happen. And then, um, so pretty much we were going to trial and, you know, like they started, like you know giving us these like subpoenas and like the his attorney like tried to like subpoena like all of our phone records for like the last 10 years and like he subpoenaed like our school grades and like all this like weird stuff like a lot as of- if means you can't have been molested <laughs> like, guys, look she got a d in history yeah. she doesn't know what she's yeah, talking about literally. like what the fuck kind of a request is that literally so like we gave them like school records they they actually like at least for me they like subpoenaed like my therapy notes from like the last like year or whatever which, oh that's kind yeah. of fucked yeah yeah and so and then um we denied the like um te- like the phone calls for like the last like seven years or whatever we were like you guys are just going on like a fishing expedition essentially yeah. like trying to find yeah. something in our phones like no like yeah. and so they did like side with us on that. So pretty much all they got was like my therapy records and then like our school records, which I'm like, okay. And then <laughs> and you're like, you guys realize that we were like getting ourselves to school this whole time. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know if you could take these grades in good and in, in reasonable faith. Right. Here. Like, well, well, their whole thing, actually, yeah. we're getting real, we're getting good grades. Yeah. And so well, that's there you thing. go. Yeah. And they're like, no way, no <laughs> way this can be happening. And you're doing good in school. Like, yeah. Ow, yeah. Ow. I'm like, <laughs> they were like pretty much like, I, I specifically remember like being up on the stand and his lawyer was like, so you, you got a four. 4.0 in high school and I was like yeah and he's like oh and you're going to college at UC Davis I was like yeah and he's like oh so you were just being molested this whole time and you're getting a 4.0 and I'm like oh get the fuck out of here yeah oh it's so yeah. insane yeah. yeah so you yeah. think like it's oh my god because no matter what no matter how you d- were doing in school, there yeah. would have been a way for them to spin it where right. it's like you couldn't possibly, you know, have yeah, been, yeah. either either you don't know what you're talking about because you're failing, or you couldn't possibly have been molested because you're doing too well. It's like, yeah, oh, it's exactly. just such a stretch. Yeah. As if your ability to realize that you were being molested is dependent on your level of intelligence like no grade dictates whether or not you can detect if somebody's touching you inappropriately 
<laughs> right. Oh, so nuts. Exactly. When you got to the trial, like, what was it like going into the courtroom? I assume, was your stepdad in the courtroom? Yeah. He yep, was there. Right there with you. Yeah. yeah so he insane. was right there. And, like, the um the most obnoxious part for me was like just waiting to like be called because like one day they would call me in the morning and be like okay today for sure like can you come at like you know 11 or whatever and then I'd like be getting ready to go and like be super anxious and they'd be like oh wait no not today like maybe tomorrow and so like every day I was just like pretty much not going to work and sitting around the house like being stressed about going to trial because I couldn't yeah. do anything because I had to be there whenever they said mm-hmm. um and then yeah I remember like the first thing that they asked you is like, you know, can you identify like your perpetrator or whatever in the room and like say something that he's wearing? Yeah. And so like you had to point to him and I just remember he had this like pink, like weird tie on yeah. or some shit. And I was like, uh, yeah, he's over there with the pink, pink tie. tie. <laughs> but then, like it was just, it was so like surreal almost, you know? so surreal oh that is exactly the word and it's a similar feeling to actually being molested in terms of that just absurdity and you're like i just can't really fathom that this is actually what my reality is right now yeah you know i'm I'm curious because i think part of why when i i read the transcript from from my trial and they asked me to pick out the prosecuting attorney asked me to identify jim in the courtroom and uh, the defense attorney was like, objection, your honor, we'll stipulate that Sebastian knows who Jim is and can pick him out. And I'm, I've always been curious about like, I wonder why he didn't have me do that. And I think it's because the idea of having like an 11 year old pick out the person would just yeah. be super influential totally. if you're the jury or whatever. I think that's probably why. Yeah, but absolutely. I just yeah, there must just be like a certain age where they're like, all right, like, yeah. Before I think it that, kind of know. like not like worked against us but like since we weren't kids anymore you know like I was like pretty much an adult and like Cameron was you know like 16 like it was different even though we were testifying to things that happened to us when we were little kids you know it was different because we were looked at as adults yeah it's not as big of an advantage as you'd think though I'll no. tell you that right <laughs> now still got a pretty ruthless hung jury yeah. <laughs> no but I know what you mean and I, and I think it's It's also just the longer the time is between when these things were happening and when you're going to trial about them, it seems like the the less people are like likely to be on your side. But I even felt that in the context of like, oh, it's been like however many months since this happened or, you know, people being like this went on for two years. And that was one of the things that the defense attorney, I remember reading the transcript and I I think in his closing statements, that's what one of his arguments was, was it was like, no, would a kid really let this go on for two years? And, um, and it's like, yeah, I was ready to let it go on forever. Why do you think that I, you know, two years was my, my limit? I don't know. It's crazy. Um, but yes, totally know what you guys mean by picking out. (laughs) Like, it's funny that you bring up like him, like saying that in his like closing statement or whatever. Cause like in ours, like 
the attorney's like thing was that like he's just not that guy. Yeah. Like he would say that he's over and over. And you're like, what the hell does that even mean? Please like, point out that guy for us. What yeah, does he exactly. look like? He yeah, doesn't he wears exactly. a green tie, not a pink tie. What kind yeah. of pedophile wears a pink tie? Like Right, exactly. Oh, it's so it silly. Was, oh, yeah. Also, I think I should clarify I just realized I've been holding this this bottle of <laughs> looks like pills. These are a homeopathic remedy. I'm in therapy too, and I was having some back spasms when I was doing EMDR about uh, the molestation and some of the back spasms that I experienced during the molestation were starting to come back and so she recommended these um, and I just realized I've just been picking them up and sort of just playing with them without thinking about it and I was like maybe I should clarify that this isn't it's on drugs. Like yeah. <laughs> I'm just really holding it together for this hour and a half yeah, um, yeah. Oh, it's just so insane what is the, who is the guy yeah. it, they don't even provide any like Contact. contrasting yeah like what does that mean yeah 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 i remember my like the first day like i went into trial in back when i was probably in sixth grade i had actually told one of my friends i texted her and i was like this is going on dude like and she never told anyone else but not saying she should have but i'm just glad that she was there for me you know but they also asked her to testify because obviously i told her and i told them i told her so I remember like walking up the first day and oh I see her and I'm like oh I'm like hey and then she's just like it weren't sad but it was just like you know not the happiest like oh but I was so like I was yeah. just glad I saw someone you know and so she was waiting she was going before me and then it was just a lot of waiting like in the court like house like just waiting for the next person mm-hmm. to be done testifying so you could then go and so I remember the first day it was like the or the person on our side the our defense attorney attorney like uh, district attorney. attorney district attorney district attorney yeah like the da questioned me first mm-hmm. like and then this went good you know i told him and then i had to go home and the next day yeah, i came back too. and then like the other guy like yeah. asked me all these questions mine and was like um, i feel like mine was like six hours about like all yeah. up at the end of the day like wow. it, i was up there for probably about six hours between both days yeah i don't think i was up there too too long but I just remember I like just hated that guy. Like not that it was like oh, he yeah. was defending him, but not he even... was just asking like the most outrageous yeah. questions where I was like, dude, like what the yeah. hell? Like like you're pissing me off. Yeah, like what they're so slimy and just yeah, like they totally the... are. Like what I remember is your job. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. The grades thing just really just like peed me off. I was like, what? yeah, I get good grades. The grades Oh, the thing. grades thing, yeah. He was like, and you were on the honor roll? Like <laughs> I was trying to do good, bro. Like, and especially because school was really like an escape. an escape. Like, we liked school, we liked our environment, loved our teachers, and it's like now you're throwing us under the bus for that too. Like, dang. Yeah. And I remember he tried to say like the the camera incident. He was like, "Well, that could have been your brothers." I was like, "Ew!" <laughs> I was like, no, no, my brothers do not want to see me naked, dude. Like, and at the time, like that this happened, they're seriously probably like five and six yeah. years old. Yeah, like oh they're, my they're, God. like kids. Like they're like, barely in kindergarten. He's like, "Well, how do you know?" I'm like, "I, I do not know. I do not think that that happened." Like, uh, this is oh. what's so frustrating about it is like, okay, yeah, hypothetically, it could have been, Maybe. it could have been anyone, but. Like, how are we focusing on this right. being something like I'm telling you that this guy touched me? 
And this, like, all of this stuff is just like additional information that they harp on. They try to poke holes in all this Mm -hmm. supplemental stuff that really, it's like, we're straying away from the main thing here, you know? But I remember, like, my thing was like, they asked me, so, like, about how many times did you move? And I was like, probably about 10. And then, like, after, like, looking through his, like, papers for, like, five minutes, he was like, well, actually, in the papers, it says seven. And I'm like, okay, fine. And it was a seven. Like, yeah, I just said about sure. ten. I don't know. Like, Okay, yeah. It's, why would I, did you guys get asked, um, like, how many times you were molested? Like, did you have to, yeah. you, you went through all the different, okay. Did you, were you ever asked, like, the extent of time that it lasted? probably but i don't remember remember that but okay that was i think probably one of the most absurd things of of my case was being asked um to the number of seconds how long these instances lasted for and yeah i was just looking at my stopwatch my apple watch dickhead i'm not why why would i be counting this i'm explicitly trying to not think that this is happening let alone keep track of time and also like you even when you're that young, like you don't even know time when you want to remember it, you know, like, yeah. you know, like it's just, I don't not... even know what day it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Pretty much whatever happens. I mean, obviously their, their job and goal is to poke as many holes in your story as possible, but the holes that they're poking become so ridiculous and yet they're treating these holes. It, holes isn't even the right word. There's treating, they're treating these hypothetical holes yeah. as like, legitimate reasons why this may not have happened yeah right exactly as if i want you to think that my stepdad was recording me in the shower yeah when maybe it was actually my brothers and i was just (laughs) i want to pin it on my stepdad and to think too like in the context of you guys are almost adults in your case cameron an adult in your case maddie you're talking about this like just because it happened six or however many years ago doesn't mean you're like even more likely like why would i want people to think that it happened now that i'm 20 but like there's just nothing it's so crazy on paper and in person and yet this is like the main defense tactics that are used in court and -hmm. like people get off with these tactics yeah and apparently some of it worked worked. i mean both of ours were hung very so yeah Yeah. okay so and i want to get into that too so what were the what was the rest of your sort of trial experiences like i mean do you guys go ahead i mean (laughs) but um i just remember like one other thing when he was like bringing up the the defense attorney was questioning me and he was just like oh like about when i got my the soap in my eyes you you yelled for help you yelled for help i was like uh i don't think so like i don't really remember but i don't think i made that much noise he's like well i have your notes i have your notes would you like to review them i'm like yeah i would like to review them actually and okay get my notes and in my notes it literally says like word for word like I must have made a noise or screamed or something. I do not remember. <laughs> and so they read that from the court and I was just like, I told you. And he just moved on to the next question. I'm like, <laughs> what? Like, yeah. what? Can we spend that? one moment of, of focusing on you being wrong for a second? Yeah. Like you just have been poking holes in my story for the last five hours. Why can't we focus on the fact that you just tried to put words in my mouth despite no having the transcript yeah. and seeing that that's not what I said. And, and yeah. he like, I just remember so specifically, like he spent so much time like rummaging through papers on like oh, his yeah. table and like, just like looking through stuff and like, 
just like thinking, like standing around and like thinking. And I'm like, you literally look like an idiot right now. Like such a dingus. <laughs> and he thought that I feel like he thought that like him like looking through all these papers was gonna like trip us up or something and like think that he had some like, some, like paper evidence. I don't something. know. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, dude, we know that there's like literally nothing you can say to us, you know, that we don't already obviously we're telling know. the truth. Yeah. Like we're yeah. so after the trial like ended it was actually let's see it was my grandma's birthday and mm. we had been waiting for like a couple days because when there is a hung jury you know like they keep telling him like oh like go back and try for a little longer you know or whatever and um so it was my grandma's birthday poor grandma she and they called us they called her and said like yeah there's no way that they're gonna like figure this out like the jury's hung and at that point we didn't know anything really you know they just said that and like immediately me and Cameron went on vacation we're like this is fucked yeah. like we're, we're out of here yeah so we went on vacation for like a few days and we came back and we met with um the district attorney and our victim advocates and they told us a lot of stuff but like most of what it was was essentially the jury was hung 11 to 1 in our favor there's only one juror that could not agree oh my god and that one juror um admitted in the beginning of the trial that she she knew him and his family from the local community pool from when he was younger and they let her stay yep they essentially asked her the judge said oh well like do you think you can still be you know impartial and she said yeah so they let her stay on and she was the four person of the jury oh no <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah that's so insane it's such a failure of the court system and so standard yes so oh we were God. like pissed, pretty much we were really annoyed that he you know like let that happen and whatever she what was like the fuck yeah yeah it, that like that and she she said she was like i knew at the beginning of the trial you know but i didn't want to tell you guys because i was afraid that like you guys wouldn't do your best you yeah. know or whatever and then she you know like gave us all these options like do you want to go back to trial do you want to try to offer him a plea deal do you just want to be done all together and like let this go like what do you guys want to do and we agreed that we would try to offer him a plea deal of like some less years than 25 um and that the lowest we would go is 10 years um so that she could go back and forth a little bit you know with him and his lawyer to try for the most to try right kind of work her way down right so they uh started doing jail auction (laughs) he literally 15 going once yeah yeah, exactly And so he um, accepted the plea deal of like 10 years, which was our lowest. So we were like, fine, whatever. Okay. We're just happy kind of that we don't have to, you know, go back to trial or whatever. But also, wait, didn't he accept the plea deal like a week before the like second trial? Yeah, so like that's he right, really that's drug right. us he really didn't. we thought we were going to yeah. another trial. Like we he were preparing. We were, yeah. we were like, fuck, we're gonna He didn't accept any plea deal. Mm-hmm. And then it we were all ready for like another trial. And then he finally was like, Okay, like I'll just take the deal. And then we did we went to like, you know, a sentencing hearing or whatever. And like it was like it was like really frustrating like for our family because like he was like a dick like through the whole like trot like sentencing hearing pretty much because the judge like asks you you know like uh 
you know, like what crimes did you commit essentially to like be here and like that kind of stuff. And like, he was just kind of like making a joke and like he was laughing about it and like about how he like molested us. And like, it was like really pissing like, like, you know, our family off. But like, I feel like we were just at a point where it's just like, we knew that like, he was, he was gonna like be a this, dick about yeah. everything so we were just like whatever kind of yeah i mean have fun laughing in jail like you're- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like- exactly laugh your way to prison yeah. yeah and then um i would say it was like two weeks maybe after that we got a call from the district attorney and she was like so his sentencing his plea deal may become void because the judge that you know uh overheard his sentencing and sentenced him had like a conflict on another case and he's had to recuse himself from every single case and we're like great so we're like okay now we're probably going back to trial you know and so we're kind of preparing for that like whatever and she finally tells us like yeah he's gonna try to get his you know plea deal revoked and he wants to go back to trial so when we go again to hear his like appeal or whatever the judge that is sitting over this case is the same judge that we had during our whole entire trial that let that lady on the jury who knew him so we really didn't have a lot of faith in him we were like i don't know if this is you know gonna go very well yeah but he like started coming up with like all this like weird stuff that like his like lawyer like forced him to do the plea deal because if he didn't take the plea deal, he would never see the light of day again. I'm like, well, yeah, you yeah. probably yeah. wouldn't. So, <laughs> yeah. so like, exactly. probably smart. Yeah. Um, and then just the judge was basically just like, no, like, yeah. no, like, like the, you, because during the whole sentencing, it's like, are you clear-minded right now? Like, yeah. do you really want to do this? It's like 30 minutes of like, are you sure, dude? Like, are you yeah. sure? Are you for yeah. sure? And so <laughs> the judge was like, no. Like, we went through all this. The other judge was very thorough. Like, yeah. no. Like, you said you would enter this. Sorry. Like, mm-hmm. like you were of your right mind. Like, you can't just go back now. Like, you yeah. can't change your mind on this. Sorry. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, yay. Finally, it was just, that's 10 years. And we got to, like, schedule. Or, or, like, no, we did it right then. Oh, Remember we, we came with our yeah oh oh then I guess maybe we did it right then but nice. so no, after oh. after the judge said like you, like this is garbage like you're going to prison like you agreed to this like it's over um we got to do our um victim impact statements mm-hmm. <clears throat> to the court I kind of like worried about like what to say a lot and I I feel like a good like portion of mine was like kind of like directed at the court almost to like tell them that like we were pretty much just like dragged around everywhere and like had no like say in like a lot of this and nobody really cared what we had to say this whole time and like now I finally get to like say what's up to you guys because yeah kind of been like a little bit torturous you know and like this fool has like so many rights right now. And like, we pretty much have none, like that's yeah. backwards, you know, yeah. Not that they're going to do anything, but, and then like also just saying like pretty much how well I was doing, but honestly, during that time, I was like not doing my greatest. Like I was like, just like pretty much going off the rails, like partying and stuff. And like quickly after that, honestly, I was like, what the hell am I doing? You know, like, you're fine pretty much like go back to therapy yeah (laughs) I did and it's it's been great but yeah I think it was good for me because 
like I just kind of like got to like lay whatever I wanted on the table and like it felt to me like I just kind of like washed my hands of it at that time and I was you know didn't have to worry about this for a long time you know until he got out right and at first when like they told me like you know you can write a statement and like say it to the court and to him and I was like I like looked up on like YouTube, like victim impact statements. Like, I don't know what I'm going to say. What? And like, I had like an, like an idea in my head that it was like, kind of sad. Like, Oh, like you ruined me. Like you, like, this is so horrible. Like, like I'm so like down bad over this. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? So I was like, I don't really want to do one. And then I like watch these videos and I think it was some like the, um, U.S. gymnasts like from the Larry Nassar case and I watched their like ones and it was just really empowering like kind of just like F you like you know like I'm doing great like yeah you did this but you know I'm not it's not gonna ruin my life yeah and then like that kind of fired me to write my own I was just like yeah like this is great and that's basically like what I said in it like I don't hold any resentment towards you like you like you know, like this made me stronger and like, I hope you better yourself because yeah, yikes, dude, like you got some stuff to work on, like, you know, and that was just so freeing. Like, I feel like it was really like, it just like wiped my hands of him. Like I was just like, you know, yeah, that's the last thing I had to say to you, man. Like, I think my last sentence was just like, I hope like you better yourself. Like during this time. Yeah. During this time. Yeah. Yeah. It's a long time you got to think about yeah. it yeah that's like incredibly powerful i think yeah, that yeah. sometimes we feel like um and obviously there's no right way to feel about all of this stuff but in my experience i think that the the best that i've ever felt is when i no longer feel tied to the experience in terms of like the negative feelings guilt anger anything that i'm that i'm still holding on to with regards to these experiences it it ties you to the past and it makes you I think probably the most the, the most impactful thing you could have said to your stepdad in that moment was like, "Good luck, dude. I yeah. hope you I hope you figure out yeah. what the fuck is wrong with you." Yeah, seriously, seriously. It shows that you yeah. don't. He doesn't have power over you. And yeah. I, I, anything that we would do to hold on to these negative experiences would just be. It's just sort of torturing ourselves. And instead oh, of absolutely. knowing that like you're you're safe now and you don't have to keep reliving these experiences or keep thinking that you're a victim or any of these things that people often do. And like I said, there's no right or wrong way to do it, but I know the the power of forgiveness or just, you know, forgiveness, like we always say, it's like, it's for us. It's for the people that are doing the forgiving yeah. and it just allows you to to let go and move on and, and totally. you know, heal. Yeah, and I think that like a big, a bigger part for me, other than forgiving him was like forgiving myself yeah. because I held myself like so accountable for, you know, a lot of things that went on like to me and to my sister and, you know, my siblings and that kind of stuff. And like, that was so hard for me to like forgive myself and be like, you were a kid too. Like, you, you know, yeah. you, mm-hmm. so, but it was, he was like, pissed off like the whole entire time we were like reading our you know statements or whatever like he was pissed and like he kept trying to like say like 
comments or whatever like I'm like bro I'm you're literally sitting next to me in an orange, orange jumpsuit. jumpsuit that was our favorite yeah. part was With, going like, to the shackles. court case and his yeah. feet were shackled his hands in an orange jumpsuit yeah. that was the best so this is during the victim testimonies yeah. he was saying things while you guys were talking yeah, like just yeah. like shaking his head like yeah yeah it's It's over dude yeah exactly what are you doing and like they said that like they're like all right you know like because in the beginning he was like refusing to like tell them like if he had any guns and all this stuff because like when you're a felon you know you gotta like report all that stuff or whatever so he's like refusing all this stuff but that was like a little part but then they let him they were like all right we're done here oh wait we forgot the best part okay well this is not the best part but (laughs) so i think it was cameron that was up there doing her no it wasn't no, it was, it was either it my was grandma some, or my grandpa yeah. and they were up there telling their victim impact statement and then all of a sudden our or not our but the district attorney stands up and she's like um we have reason to believe that someone in this courtroom is like recording this hearing right now without the court's knowledge and we're like we're like looking yeah. around we're like who's recording us like that's kind of weird and um it was actually our neighbor from across the street that had introduced them she had like been on like his side for like this whole time and like pretty much harassed us like when we would go to court dates and stuff and like so she was like recording our like victim impact statements or whatever and so the bailiff like went over to her and was like okay like were you recording and she's like no and he's she's like okay give me your phone And so she takes her phone. She's like, well, you know, unlock it. So she unlocks it and you can see that she's like been recording. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God. Gets her phone taken away like mid court date and the bailiff like gives it to our detective. Mm Because the detective's like, oh, whatever. Like, oh, I want to investigate. Like, and it ended up like, she she just just deleted the video. And yeah. But but she, she, the, um, (laughs) the detective, you know, that, we were working with she was like yeah like i'm gonna need to like probably investigate this further which she didn't have to say and so she kept it for like three or four days um <laughs> and just didn't give it back to her which was kind of funny good um, yeah. yeah wow but, yeah it was it was like crazy and like even like just like thinking back about it and like talking about it now i'm like damn like that was a lot of shit you know like just from the trial yeah, and this is one thing that I've just in the last couple of months going back to the therapy, like I've begun to realize the impact that the trial actually had on me in terms of my trust in my truth, my ability to actually like speak up and voice what I really believe. And, you know, when when we go through these experiences, like it's hard to not be affected and to be conditioned to think like, okay, you know, if I do speak up about something that's happened to me or I do tell the truth, like these are all the emotions that I have associated with doing that. So you have to like unlearn that and begin to remember like, oh no, your truth is like your protector. It's like what allowed us to get out of these experiences. It's not something we need to be afraid of telling, but I had no, I mean, up until therapy, I always just kind of assumed like, oh, you know, this is just, it's just the physical molestation that affected me. But the, the, the trauma is, or the trial is traumatizing and, I'm curious, like, what if your guys' experience has been, like, unpacking the trial, whether in therapy or just on your own or however? Hmm. I always, like, felt, like, since the day, like, I walked out, like, after my, like, testimony, I always felt, like, super just good about all my answers I gave, like, not that I was, like, oh, I'm so glad I did that, but I'm just, like, yeah, like, I just told everyone, like, yeah you know, like the whole room full of people and strangers people. and whatnot. And it's just like, 
yeah, like I told my truth. I felt yeah. good about my answers. I felt like I delivered decently. So yeah. that's amazing. Maybe yeah. I should dig more into that <laughs> in therapy, but I don't well, know. I've always just felt really good. And even though it was a hung jury, you know, um, yeah, I don't know. I just always felt really good in my. Yeah. I feel like know. I did like talk through it a lot in therapy, like after the fact, because it was kind of like a little bit convoluted because since um, the person that we told first like became my therapist later during the trial and stuff like we weren't really meeting because we weren't really sure what you know like it was just yeah. kind of like a weird thing like even me and Cameron like we were there once on the same day and like they told us that like we weren't allowed to like go to lunch together because they didn't want jurors. I'm like, we live together. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So like, I, we just didn't know, you know, like all these like rules. rules we didn't want to miss like, trials. So like yeah. something yeah. Else, we did. Yeah. So, so I didn't go to therapy for a while, like, you know, during the trial and like for a little while after and stuff. Um, but like when I did finally start going back, like it, we definitely talked about it a lot and I've always been more of like a like cognitive behavioral like has worked best for me and I know that doesn't work best for like a lot of people but it's it's been really good for me and so for me just talking it out like over and over yeah. helps <laughs> yeah yeah totally and that's what I was going to kind of ask you about because I know my therapists have brought up EMDR and like trying and I have been kind of resistant to that because I'm like you know, if my brain buried something, maybe it should be buried, like, for a while. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, maybe they do that for a reason. Like, maybe I should trust myself. But she has, like, really encouraged me to, because she thinks I, I don't know if she thinks I have, like, but I don't remember a lot, like, from my yeah. childhood, like, Maddie. Mm -hmm. So she thinks, you know, it could maybe help. So what's, like, your experience with that? Or were you nervous about getting into that? Or yeah, I mean, I was exactly the same way with both therapy and EMDR. I was resistant to both of them because I think with doing stand-up, like you kind of, when I started doing stand-up about it, I was like, oh, look, I figured out a way to, to do this. I don't have to go to therapy. And I'd had two bad therapists in my life before I found my most recent one. And a bad therapist really can turn you off the entire experience. And Absolutely. so a lot of it is just finding somebody that you click with. So when I found this person who I did click with and really has been tremendously helpful she's like a child abuse specific therapist so she knows a lot of the things that we're talking about and when i did emdr for the first time i mean i'd heard all of these amazing experiences that people have had from this podcast and just people that i and other people that i've spoken to but i remember doing the first emdr session and i was like what the fuck is this like it's over zoom and you know she moves her hand back and forth to do yeah. this eye movement therapy and i'm like this is this isn't gonna work and i felt the resistance and i noticed the thoughts that i was having that made me very not open to the experience and so the first time it wasn't really impactful at all and then the second time I was a lot more open. I was like, you know, let's give it a shot. Let's see what happens. And we did it with regards to the trial. And it was so trippy. I basically got back into the headspace or like I was my current self viewing the trial from my current self's perspective, like standing behind my younger self. So I could see oh, the courtroom and I could see yeah. my younger self and I could see the jury and Jim and all the people, the strangers, the judge. And um, have you guys seen Everything Everywhere All at Once? No, I have not. Okay, it's a movie that just came out. It's it's sort of similar to this experience. And um, 
it's it's kind of hard to describe without sounding kind of crazy, but it's just what I experienced. And so basically what happened was everything in the trial kind of froze and my younger self like turned around and like looked at me and he was like looking at me and I was looking at him and he had this look on his face that was just like shock, like just what the fuck is going on? How is this? What? Why? Why am I here? What, what's going on? And I remember I mean, I'm like bawling during this whole sequence in my current reality and like going through like a lot of emotions. And uh, basically I was just able to, we weren't like talking, but I was able to interact with him in some capacity that was like reassuring him that it's going to be okay. And like, if, you know, we're going to turn this into something really positive and you're going to be, you're going to heal and all these things that I wanted to have somebody tell me in that moment when I was on the mm -hmm. stand. And it was this crazy bridge between like my younger self and my current self that had I not had that experience, I would have been like, that's impossible. And I don't know how this is even, what, what are you talking about? But yeah. it was so real in the moment. And uh, towards the end of this exchange between me and my younger self, my therapist was like, why don't you take him somewhere safe? And so I like, you know, we, I, he stood up out of the, the, the stand chair and uh, I took his hand and we walked out of this like frozen courtroom, like very slowly, like looking around and seeing all, and nobody was moving. And then we walked out of the courtroom. And it was just like this incredible moment of what felt like a reintegration of a moment of shock that I experienced, hours of shock that I experienced on the stand, basically bringing that part of my younger self back into my current reality and being like, hey, you're safe and like, I've got you type thing. Yeah. It was incredible and very, it was a very fun feeling, but it was, I didn't even know that I was harboring all of this shock, shock induced, like emotional suppression until I did that session and was like for probably crying for like 40 minutes straight. And this is like, you know, I've been talking about this experience for five years or, you know, somewhere around that time frame, And yet without this sort of emotional push in this direction with the help of my therapist and EMDR, I, I don't know if I would have been able to get down to those emotional depths of suppression. So I'm now this huge advocate. This is literally just as of like a month and a half ago, but like I am a major advocate for EMDR and what it can do. And obviously, you know, the, the experience was much more uh, in, in intense and in depth than that, but it was this re-examination and sort of rewiring in my brain of the experience that's something that I can now reflect on from the perspective that I have now, which is like, oh, I'm safe. I don't need to worry about thinking about these things. And you know, maybe that's part of why, when you were saying how good it made you feel doing this, this testimony and things, you know, it affects us all differently. And maybe it's not something that you need to, to go to therapy about. I don't know. But um, if it's something that you're thinking about, even if it's not the trial, even if it's the, the molestation, you know, EMDR will allow you to bring things that you have buried to the surface and it makes your whole existence lighter. I mean, it's like an unraveling and releasing of, of literal physical tension in your body that you're unaware of. So I can't recommend it enough. And I would love to hear what it's like if you ever if you ever do do it. Um, Dude, maybe I'll give it a like, shot. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just I kind of thought of EMDR like, uh, you know, bringing back like un like covered memories or like memories that you buried down and like, I don't know. It's kind of scary. Yeah, it's scary, you know, being emotional, being vulnerable, doing this, but yeah. you know, 
I mean, I'm right there with you. I, I was like very much under the impression that if I showed emotions, that was like me admitting that I was fucked up and traumatized. And so like right. the, the more emotional I was, the more traumatized I was. So I was like suppressing this stuff yeah. in school, you know, all, in every situation that I was in, like I was not trying to be emotional. And now experiencing like the polar opposite of that, it's it's not even close how it affects your life and your relationships and just your ability to move on and grow from these experiences. It's for me, it hasn't been so much like remembering new things so much as recontextualizing the things that I do remember. I know for a lot of people, it's like remembering entirely new experiences. But for me, I, I seem to remember most things from that time frame. So it's more just like going back in and reminding myself that this is not the state of things anymore and that right. you know don't need to be afraid yeah i think i will you know talk to my therapist give it a try because she's been really encouraging she, it yeah. like she thought no, then i think probably it's a great idea yeah it's it's, <laughs> it's definitely i don't know i think that you i benefited tremendously from therapy even without doing emdr but just having somebody that you can talk to who there's no ties to your outside world, or especially when we're talking about these survivor mentalities of like the people that you're trying to manage emotionally and not affect anybody else. Like it can be really helpful just to have somebody who you can talk to without any worries about those kind of things. Yeah, um, definitely. Anyway, just it, it's it's so man, this is so cool. I have so many. Okay, I know <laughs> I don't want to go for too long because I'm, you guys okay. have been so nice with your time. I wanted to ask you a couple of more things. You said it was a small town that you lived in. Was this like, did people know about this while it was going on? Was this something that was publicized? I know for me, they had no. a bunch of articles and things written like that. So I'm just curious. If, oh my goodness. It's so stupid. No, no. So it was more of like, um, like pretty much the whole town knew about my mom's drug addiction, but like no one would ever really like say anything about it, you know, because like mm -hmm. everything had to be like peachy, you know? Yeah. So like no one, like everyone obviously knew that she was, high like everywhere we went but like no one ever said anything to us um but definitely no one knew anything about like the sexual abuse when it was going on and even now I mean I think that people probably know because like I know that they're you know obviously the people that were on the jury are a part of our community somehow yeah obviously people know that we've shared it with that you know we're close to us and like Cameron's friend that you know, it was obviously part of our town, but like it really wasn't publicized or gotcha. anything. Like that's okay. crazy for you. No and articles. But no. I, I mean, yeah. I don't know if I'd be like glad, but it's like I mean, he's gonna come back. Know. Like he's yeah. gonna come back eventually, and it's like totally. I've even thought about like making posters like when he comes back or like when he's out, and just being like, hey, just watch <laughs> out, guys. Like watch yeah, out. Yeah, because it's that's like, a great idea. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and and he is getting out relatively soon. Mm -hmm. Um because of like COVID and stuff, like they were like knocking, you know, a bunch of time off people's sentences that were like non-violent offenders. I'm like, that's violent. How is this non-violent? Yeah, exactly. Isn't time off for good behavior. Like they're I'm in like, jail. Yeah. Like they have there's no kids to molest. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. So yeah, he, he, he went to jail. Um, what year was that? Maybe like 2018 ish, like yeah. the beginning of 2018. He's getting out soon. He's getting out in 2024. Whoa, damn! Yeah. How does that make you guys feel? Honestly, I was like kind of like pissed off about it. Like, 
it was like really frustrating to me and like I felt like kind of like shysted like we agreed to 10 years and it should be 10 years you know like yeah. at, at least eight like at least really... like 80 percent of the time like yeah I know they said that shoved off they but... said that eight and a half would be like standard um because in California you only serve 85 percent of your sentence I guess until you're considered for parole so we were expecting for sure eight and a half years and then like you know you can check online and like the more that I checked the more it was like going down and I was like oh my god and so um eventually I was just kind of like you know what like he's gonna be out anyway so like why am I worrying myself about this and like why am I like so stressed about like the number of like days or years like he's been punished like not as much as he should have obviously in my perspective but you know we did get some uh justice and a lot of closure from all that and so I'm grateful for that now and I'm we're just kind of dealing with it as it comes yeah Yeah. especially especially since so many like you know like people who've been through this like don't like ever get justice don't even ever get to go to trial or even tell the police like about their story so I'm just so like grateful that he got any time at all honestly and like I like when I first like kind of heard he was his time was dropping off I was like dang like I kind of thought like we shouldn't have gave him that plea deal like he could have been in jail like forever right but then I've kind of come to terms with like you need like you weren't ready to go back to trial like that second trial like that was something you really needed him to take that plea deal and like now I have to honor like my past self and be like you know like right now you're kind of upset about that but that's what you needed in the time and mm-hmm. I'm just he got some time at all you know right. so yeah. well who knows if you would have gotten you know another community member who knew this guy it sounds like it probably wouldn't have been a different I mean I will say getting 11 out of 12 is amazing as it is yeah. you know I mean that's yeah. unheard of I I was and six like, and six it's crazy to me that like like they all have to agree like yeah. I could not pick majority. 12, yeah, I could not pick 12 people off the street and probably agree with them about literally anything. Nothing. You know? yeah. <laughs> it's crazy that they all have to agree. Like that's a little bit outrageous. It is so outrageous and is why we need to change the way that these yeah. systems operate, especially yeah. with regards to Absolutely. child abuse. But yeah, I mean, it's I can imagine that it is super frustrating, but just the fact that you guys were able to have him get time at all is an yeah. achievement and like it just shows you know your ability to talk about these things and and articulate i mean it's just like i don't know i've always been curious like what would i have wanted from the trial and i i just didn't i don't know i guess it would have been great for him to go to I, you don't really know what you want but I, you know that you don't want it to happen anymore and you <laughs> yeah. know and and Seriously. so it's like you know you really given the circumstances you you did an amazing job and it's not I, i'm sure that it's frustrating but i also what the fuck why why does covid allow you to get out sooner because yeah. people are getting covid what? in jail yeah yeah and i'm like who cares covid if people are getting covid outside of prison yeah like, you're fine yeah what was it like speaking up for the first time cameron i know you told your friend and so i wanted to ask you about that and then for both of you what was it like talking to your grandma um for my friend like it was well that was actually like kind of an interesting thing because after the trial was over we like talked about it and she like remembers me telling her how to sleep over but I remember like texting her about it the first time like I don't remember I remember like I don't remember ever telling her in person but I remember one time like on at recess she was like 
I was like, go and like, <laughs> I have a step down. And I'm just like, ah, like, it's mad. Like, I don't know, man. At least she checked in. I, I know, like, at least she checked in. Like, gosh, yeah. But <laughs> wait, that's so significant that you because I also I had told one of my friends too, and I didn't even remember until I was testifying. And they were like, Do you remember? Does the wiggle game mean anything to you? And I told my friend all about the initial molestation, but I had completely forgotten about it. And just in the same way that you remember it as you texting her, and she remembers it as you talking to her about it at a sleepover. Like, we just don't remember the logistics, and sometimes we don't remember it at all. But it's right. that is so yeah. wow, what a what a great friend. I know, seriously, and I remember like I, I like happy that someone else knew. Yeah. Like I didn't, not that I thought, like I wasn't scared she was gonna tell anyone or anything. I was just like, I'm glad someone okay. else like knows yeah. about this. Yeah. Like yeah. you know what I mean? Like it was it was comforting. And with my grandma, like we didn't talk like about specifics or anything. It was really just like those questions. <laughs> like, did anything happen to you? And I was like. Yeah, and like we've talked about it since like it happened, like you know, like just that it happened, but we never, never like talked, talked about, about specifics yeah. or anything that just I don't feel the need. Like I don't but really want to tell my grandma that. Yeah. <laughs> like, of course, yeah. You know, but <laughs> of course if she ever like wants wanted to know. to know or like you know Well she is gonna listen to this podcast, yeah. so she will hear. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Yeah. Yeah, she's yeah. How about it's you, Madison? Because um it was kind of the same thing with my grandma. Like she just, once I told her that, yeah, something happened, she's like, okay, well, I guess we'll figure this out. And we were both just like, okay. <laughs> and then good. she went to her room and I went to stay in my room yeah. and I went to sleep. And then yeah. the next day she was like, okay, look, we're going straight right to now. Business, straight yeah. to business. She got it all done for yeah. us. So. Yeah. Right. And you were going to, just before I asked you that, Madison, you said it's funny blank. Were you going to say um, something else? Like, me and Cameron have, like, always, like, joked, you know, like, about our trauma or, like, whatever, like, between e each other. Because, like, you know, even though it wasn't, like, the same, like, we were obviously both there through it all, even though we don't have the same perspective on things. But she, like, despises that we, like, joke about it. Like, she gets, like, she's, like, <laughs> super, she gets super frustrated and she's, like, it's not funny. Like, and we're, like, okay, well, you weren't molested, so you don't get to, know. <laughs> you don't get to yeah. be on, in on the jokes. And so, yeah. yeah. She's, like, I want you guys to heal, but I just don't find it funny. Like, I just don't. Yeah. I'm, like, that's okay, girl. It's like, fine. Yeah. That's it's, right. Like, it's yeah. not for everybody. And I think especially with older generations, this is totally. a super foreign concept. Yeah. And I think for younger generations, it's like, how could we not do this? This is like the right. only, the easiest yeah. way to talk it's about the it. the only way to like, you know, try to prevent it from happening in the future. The way to guarantee that it continues is to not talk about it. So, yeah, yeah. you mentioned earlier how you hadn't heard about like the details or logistics of each other's experiences until today. So I want to ask because the healing that you've done is so palpable and it's just incredible to see the people that you are today and the way that you're able to talk about these experiences. So I'm just curious, like, what is it like hearing each other's stories now? I don't, I don't know. know. Like, I, I just think like, I don't know, like just, she's amazing. Yeah. Like she made it through everything. And mm -hmm. I almost like think more like highly of her than like myself because I don't know just it's just like you're just amazing and just hearing like even more of her story it's just like wow well you're just even it's more amazing that you're here <laughs> yeah. where you are now and it's just like wow like, and I think obviously I think the same exact thing about her like she's always been like 
like when we were younger, like I was always, you know, like the nice, you know, little girl, you know, like very compliant. She was always like, oh, like she's wild. Like, you know, like, and so like that, like, I don't know, for me, like, I wish that I was more like that, like when I was a kid and I, and even now, but it's just amazing to like, have watched her you know all these years and like even like when we were like in the like thick of our abuse pretty much like and we, we were sisters we fought all the time but like just like how much like the love you know like that I have for her is just like unimaginable you know and yeah. like just how strong that she's been through all this for me you know it's it's amazing for sure Ah, it's so good. I love it. I feel very lucky to be able to talk with both of you right now. This is exactly what the podcast is about. I mean, this is you guys are so perfect for this. And it's so easy to talk to you about all of this. Can you imagine if this is what the standard conversation was? How easy it would be to tell people there's no guilt about like offloading our experiences right. onto the other people because you can feel how like you're receiving the information and and, and vice versa it's the easiest way to communicate about these totally. things yeah. ah, i just feel so fortunate to have you guys on it's really it's it's an We're amazing fortunate to be here yeah and honestly thank you so much for opening up this space you know like it's so important for Seriously. people to have space like this you know and there's not enough of it that's for sure yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Well, you're so welcome. And uh, it's, you know, just as helpful for me, every one of these conversations. So it's yeah. like, okay. yeah, I, it's, it's so good. It's so easy to listen to you talk about these things. And I just wanted to ask you both, what advice would you give to somebody who has been through something similar, who is hoping to get to the point where you're at now? Whew. Honestly, go to therapy for yourself <laughs> and for the people around you, you know, yeah. if, and um, I know we talked a little bit earlier about like finding a good therapist and like, it's so hard. So like, don't give up because like, there is definitely someone out there that you'll meet and you'll be like, this is my therapist forever. Like you're never leaving, yeah. you know? Um, but you do have to do a lot of work to find that person sometimes, unfortunately, you know? And so, yeah, definitely. Even though it sucks, like, my grandma always says like you're in therapy because like because of people who wouldn't go to therapy (laughs) like that's what I always think about you know like if I go to therapy you know then like maybe someone along you know my life won't have to and recently I found out that I'm pregnant and so congratulations yeah I'll be having a little a little bean soon so we're you know I'm thankful that I've already kind of like worked through all this stuff because I can only imagine what that would be like yeah. and to not have worked through that already. So, oh, yeah. that's so, that's such incredible timing to be able to like go into parenthood having done all of this healing and also to know everything that you know. Yeah. I mean, that's like, you couldn't be more prepared to provide this kid with like everything that he or she needs to know to avoid these things from happening and also just to like, it's not like restricted to molestation like the tools that we pick up healing from these experiences are applicable in so many different areas of your life just also being like emotionally available and like you know when we don't heal from these things it's hard to open up and be there for other people because we haven't been there for ourselves yet so it's like oh what a what a lucky kid yeah (laughs) we're super excited yeah yeah my advice would just be i have it like tattooed on my arm but it's just stay soft 
And sometimes, like, people hear that and they're like, oh, my God, that's weird. But it's just, like, don't, like, let the things you go through or, like, people who've done you wrong, like, make you, like, any different than who you are or make you, like, scared to show your emotions or anything. Just, you know, don't let it harden you up too much and stay soft. Stay soft. Like, have soft heart, you know? Yeah. I love that. I feel like it's sort of synonymous with just, like, remaining open. Like not, you know, don't take it too seriously. You know, everything is, you can heal from anything. I, I would never have associated, the way that you said that made total perfect sense. Stay soft in my head initially. That's not where my head went, but yeah. it's like yeah. total, I love that. That's awesome. When did you get that? Uh, I just got it a yeah, few months ago, but I saw it like, it was like a random quote, like probably on Instagram or something. And I was just like, I love that. And then I just yeah. like, stuck with me for a long time. I was just like, yeah, need a good reminder of that. So, well, it feels like the rigidity, like the, the hard exterior is like what prevents so many people from healing. It's mm -hmm. like, no, you can't, argh, I gotta, you know, this yeah. ex existence is serious. It's like, how the fuck did we get here? I don't even, like, yeah. it's so, it's so not that serious and it's yeah. entirely up to us how we perceive it. And I, I love that. I'm going to try to stay soft as, as much as possible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I wanted to ask you, like, what do you think about like, um, like, like sleepovers and stuff because like since I've been pregnant like I've thought so much about like you know what what we are going to do to like obviously prevent this from ever happening you know and yeah. how to talk about that and like I don't know we've just talked a lot about like no sleepovers like why do you need to sleep at someone else's house you know and like since it happened to you at sleepovers all the time I'm just yeah. curious what do you think like yeah if my parents had tried to get me to not sleep over or not have sleepovers at during that point in my life especially i mean i would have thrown a fucking fit yeah like, absolutely. that was it's like prime time hanging out connecting and all this stuff but i've done a bunch of thinking about this too because you know i'm not pregnant but i'm certainly considering you know what it's going to be like yeah. and how am i going to have how yeah. am i going to raise my kids and i think that it's an environment that you can't control that i don't think is essential to having friends I think that like you can stay stay late, you know, like we'll pick you up late. Yeah. It's no problem. I have a friend of mine who never did sleepovers just because he was like he had some uh, some anxious attachment, uh, I think, to his family. And he just always wanted to sleep at home. And yeah. he's like one of my best friends to this day. You know, I don't think yeah. any less of him. at the t And so it's like I think that you can still have an amazing childhood with friends and all of the things that we think we weren't going to have if we didn't have sleepovers and i think that the risk just outweighs the reward this is me adding this in post podcast uh, i was just back home with my family in seattle for the last two weeks and we were talking about sleepovers and we realized you know like a lot of the times when i got molested there were other kids in the bed and we were thinking like how is it that they didn't wake up and we kind of realized like the guy who molested me was probably drugging the other kids and maybe he was drugging me. Maybe there were nights where he drugged me and molested other kids. If you're willing to molest a kid, you're certainly willing to drug kids. I don't think that there's a molester moral high ground there where they, they wouldn't do that if <laughs> they're willing to touch a kid. So, you know, sleepovers are really the only time where it would be 
reasonable for your kid to pass out for eight hours and have that actually be a good thing. Any other time, if this guy were to drug your kid, it would be like really obvious that this is not right. <laughs> but at a sleepover, it's it would be pretty reasonable. And how easy it would be for the parent at the house that everyone's sleeping over at to administer a drug in a drink or what you're eating or something, you know, it doesn't have to be like a crazy sleep drug. It could just be some Benadryl or whatever. You know, basically, it's just that this type of scenario really only ever presents itself at sleepovers. And I think that that is enough of a reason to not have them. I know that if you don't let your kids sleep over at places, you are drastically decreasing the likelihood of them getting molested. Yeah. I also know plenty of people who were molested in all sorts of different experiences, oh, and, like yeah. uh, did different circumstances. So like, it's not just restricted to sleepovers, but it seems like they so often happen there yeah. enough where it would be worth it to not let them right. do it. Probably what's more important than where you let your kid go is what you talk to your kid about. Like, Absolutely. Having the line of communication, like we were talking about, like a regular check-in, mm -hmm. knowing what you know about like, even if you ask a certain question, it might not be the right one that allows them to open up. So knowing that you have to phrase it in a way that allows them to feel safe enough to tell you and yeah. also lets them know that like nothing bad will come to them or anyone that they love or care about. Making sure your kid is safe and comfortable telling you about things, I think is even more important than yeah. the situations that you let them go into. Absolutely, yeah. I think you can not let your kid have sleepovers and still have them have an amazing life. Totally, yeah. You could literally pick your kid up as kids are falling asleep and then drop them off in the morning. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. So yeah. there are ways around it, but what we do know is that we can't just keep doing what we've been doing and not yeah. and not yeah. talking about it. But I think that even if, you know, the the open line of communication is also certainly not limited to just molestation benefits in the same way that your healing isn't just limited to preventing molestation. It's like you can, your kid can all of a sudden talk to you about anything. I mean, I remember my parents like they would always be like, we don't, we know you're going to do things like drink and various things. So we just want to know where you are. And we want you to know that you can always reach out to us if you're ever in trouble or need anything. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of my friends weren't able to do that with their parents because they were afraid about getting caught, you know, doing these yeah. things. And I think I avoided a lot of scenarios that could have been bad because I knew that I could just call my parents to get picked up even if I was uh, drunk yeah. or whatever. So I think it's right. like, being able to have that trust, that level of trust that allows you to get out of situations that you're uh, otherwise might be afraid to tell them about. Just letting your kid know that like, yeah, you're safe no matter what happens. Just let me know. It's probably yeah. probably the most important thing. But um, yeah, uh, yeah okay, let me know. It has been such a pleasure talking with both of you. I am so grateful for your time and your energy. It's just an absolute treat to chat with you and thank you for for your vulnerability and your openness and it's just uh this is what the podcast is all about and i uh and i can't thank you guys enough for coming on yeah, yeah thank, thank you, you so, so much. much this has been amazing it was just perfect yeah, I, you know, this, this is this is really amazing. Awesome. yeah I know it was, it was great. Great. yeah